Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Working man in sports radio, as we are here on that Sunday morning tradition. There's my music. Where's my music? The Sunday morning tradition that is that being said, so much so we had to do the show. I skip out on something else, but we are right here. Got to do the show. I'm excited. I got some afternoon stuff. That's the reason why we have a 10 o'clock kickoff here. We're going to do three hours of sports talk here on a Sunday morning. Things are gearing up. And I want to keep it local until my guy comes in. First of all, let me give congratulations to the Arizona Rattlers winning the Indoor Football League's championship last night. Pretty much did it all in the first half of the quarter. Almost gave the game away in the third, but came back in the fourth and got the victory. But take away from all that, they are your six-time champions in the leagues that they've been in. Five in the AFL, one now in the IFL. So congratulations to my team. I've I've always been an indoor football uh, fan as far as seeing the games and everything. Started right there in Arizona 25 years ago. So that's where my passion for indoor football came from. I I love minor league sports, and this is exactly what really minor league football is outside of college, obviously – college being the minor leagues of football. Um, I like to see the older guys try to go out and play the game, play it well, make some moves, maybe move to Canada, uh, you know, things like that. So that's the reason why I've got a love for indoor football. I just like to see the development of players. And if they don't move forward, they still give us a great performance out on the football field in the indoor rankings on a 50-yard field. It's awesome. Fastest football game that you'll find out there. So congratulations to the 2017 Arizona Rattlers, IFL champions this year. Uh, Over the Sioux Falls Storm, who was actually going for their seventh championship in a row. Not in a row, but their seventh, I guess. So Um, exciting stuff. So, but now that we are officially done with indoor football. It's time to set that to the side because as you finish indoor football, you move slowly into the NFL, which puts me on a point on what I want to talk about here to start this off. Right here with my locals, right here in the Rowlett area and in the Dallas area, folks, the Dallas Cowboys 
And I've kind of briefly talked about it, but we haven't really jumped into our big-time NFL stuff as we're going to be doing that in three weeks, by the way, two or three weeks. We're going to start breaking down the divisions of the NFL, and we're going to be talking strictly about that uh, here starting in three weeks. Where are your Dallas Cowboys? But I kind of want to – I'm not going to jump on some of the – you know, where I think they're going to be today. Because when we cover the NFC uh, East, that's when we'll do it. Here's what I got to say. When I'm trying to figure it out and we set up our show, we are figuring out why somebody is going to do something, why a team is going to be good, why a team is going to be bad, why is a team bad? And one of the things that I've got to let you know about is your Dallas Cowboys right here locally, they are in a lot of trouble. And, and I think this because not because they, you know, their offense is a problem, not at all. I'm talking about their defense and it's very easy. And it's, I find it quite comical to watch the media gush over what happened last year, not Thinking, I mean, offensively, this is a solid football team. And offensively, they're going to win some games because of that. But last year, your defense went well beyond what their expectations were. And if you expected this defense to play as well as they did last year, I think you're lying to yourself or you're too much of a homer. I mean, I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan per se. I watched the Dallas Cowboys. We've been doing this show since 2009. I've said it on our, you know, one of our first shows. I'll say it again today. I'm not a Dallas Cowboy fan. I'm a Dallas Cowboy realist. And that's where a lot of people think Sonny has a hate for the Dallas Cowboys. There's two different types of hate when you talk football. And those hates, are depending on what they're doing, okay? If they're playing great like they did last year, yeah, I just hated them because they were just that good. Not necessarily denying the talent because they had that talent, no question. But the other kind of hate is is just I can't stand that football team. I have both in reality. Which some people think makes me tend to lean a little bit more toward just always hating them. And that's not true because I'm actually, unlike a lot of other people, I'm actually a Tony Romo fan. I like Tony Romo. I love Jason Witten. So I'm not necessarily a football And some of those guys on that, on that offensive line, big fans of. So I, I, can, I keep it in perspective. So let's start a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys, and let's go with what they haven't done, which is make a splash. And the Mavericks are another one, too. We're going to get to those in a minute. Making splashes. Listen to what has ended up happening, okay, for the Dallas Cowboys. Offensively, they go ahead, they sound uh, Kellen Moore, to a one-year contract, stay with the Cowboys. Don't know what the money is, nor do I care. 
that other backup quarterback last year, Mark Sanchez, out, signed a one-year, $2 million contract with the Bears, the butt man himself, and Cuervo's favorite man, Mark Sanchez, is going to be backing it up up there. Lance Dunbar, one-year, $1.5 million with the Rams. That happened in March. Darren McFadden, saying right here with the Cowboys, and this is that little ace in the hole they got. 980000 to stay with the uh, Cowboys. Good signing for a good backup. Good backup situation. Plus, he can be brought in third down situations. Because they're in the fed. You can say whatever you want about him. That guy's got some skills. You give him the rock, he can also run the rock. So, I like that signing. Lance Dunbar, injury guy. You got to let him go. He signs with L.A. Good, good thing. Bryce Butler. Stays with the Cowboys, $1.1 million. Very underrated because he doesn't see the ball a lot. But here's where we get into a four-year, $17 million deal for Terrence Williams. Now, this was the right number for the price. You're looking at about four, you know, really about 4.25 mil for Terrence Williams. That guy can make some plays. So that's a good move for him. And, but... The problem is when you lose Gavin Escobar, and I'm going to tell you that is going to be a big loss for this football team. They lose them to the Chiefs. That's a loss. Regardless, you you have Jason Witten. He's going to be your cornerstone at the tight end position. I get it. I understand it. But you can't lose a talent like Gavin Escobar in that. In that, it's just you know, the Dallas Cowboys need to keep this guy. Because you don't know when the injury bug will start hitting Jason Witten. Because as he's getting older and he's more susceptible to getting hit and hit hard and possibly injured, that's going to start now. Now, on the offensive line, I love what they did. They signed Jonathan Cooper, one-year deal. I like this move. The only problem is they lost Leary. He signed a four-year deal, $35 million, $20 million of that guaranteed, by the way, with the Broncos. So as you get a good signing with Jonathan Cooper, the younger dude, he gets out there, and, and then they lose a, a mainstay. So on the offensive side of the ball, as far as, you know, the unrestricted free agents that you needed to maybe make some work on, they didn't do half bad, but they didn't do half good. So I I give them average up on that as far as what they've done on the offensive side of the ball in order to keep them. I'm telling you right now that Darren McFadden deal, we'll be seeing him. We'll be seeing him, and it could be quite a bit. So, and letting Lance Dunbar, there's not a piece of rug that I can't trip on and get injured Dunbar. This is a good move. Which one are you going to keep? And don't get me wrong, Darren McFadden is a guy that got injured last year, though. Completely healthy. Year before that, almost completely healthy. More so than Lance Dunbar. Got to let him go. So what the Dallas Cowboys did on the offensive side, I might even give it a B minus because of the value that Darren McFadden brings to the Terrence Williams signing is a good one. I don't like the fact that they lost Leary, but really looking at their and and Gavin Escobar, 
that that's why I I'm prone to give it a C plus more than a B minus. Two big losses. Okay, deal with it. You have to find some talent. That's not hard. But the defensive side of the ball, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, has taken some major hits. And if you were looking at last year's lineup that they had on the defensive side of the ball and thinking that this is a stellar defense, it wasn't. This was a defense that played well above what they were capable of doing. Well above it. Taking the, you know, the extra risk, playing outside of themselves. That's what you got in order for the Dallas Cowboys to have the record that they did last year. They needed that defense. And in the playoffs, they did a bend-don't-break defense, which, by the way, is the reason why they lost the game. Take away from that. You still needed to keep some of these guys. Let's be honest. When you have career years and guys that are getting older, guys that want to get that that paycheck and they want to get paid, you have situations that will completely and utterly destroy your defense. And let's talk, start with on the defensive tackle, three-year, $10.3 million deal with the Falcons, you lose Jack Crawford. Now, defensive tackle, okay, Maybe you can fix that. But they lost yet um, another one with a four-year deal, $21 million with the Redskins, and losing McLean, Terrell McLean, that, that is a huge loss for this football team. Obviously, it's a huge loss. Look, it's a halfway decent you know, signing, $21 million with the Redskins. Now, they did keep David Irving. This is a young up-and-comer. I like this guy. But that's not enough. You lose two defensive tackles that you can't afford to lose. Rich Ash is still out there. You don't know if he's going to sign. So your defensive tackles are a problem. Ryan Davis, you lose Ryan Davis. A million-dollar contract, a one-year contract to sign with the Bills. That is their loss. Because that guy played out of his out of his mind last year, way above what his potential was. The big time problems. You get into the secondary of this football team. You don't just lose one guy. You don't lose just two guys. You don't lose three. You lose four. You lose your starting four in your secondary. Four year, twenty four million dollars worth of Raven. Bye bye, Brandon Carr. Now, granted, that guy never lived up to the contract, but the guy played and had skills, got paid yet again. Morris Claiborne, one-year deal with the Jets, $5 million. Boom, gone. You can actually get him back, but depends on how well he plays and what kind of uh, system they're using on the defensive side of the ball, you might be able to get him back next year. Doubt it. Once you go, you don't really come back. But that's one guy that if he plays well, Dallas Cowboys have an opportunity to get him back unless they get an extension signed during the season. J.J. Wilcox, two-year deal, $6.5 million with the Buccaneers. Okay? Now, thinking about all that, the most important thing that they lost was Barry Church. Now, Barry Church has been a guest on my program. Signs a four-year million, uh, four-year deal, twenty-six million dollars with the, my team, the Jags. 
which, by the way, the Jags need. But looking at that defensive side of the ball in the secondary, your Dallas Cowboys were decimated. You lost four guys that literally could have started for you. Now, they got to figure out what they're going to do with Rolando McLean. I don't expect him back. Gacker, he's there. Uh, Durant hasn't signed yet. So, but you better get Durant and Gacker, and those are the guys that you've got to keep. Richard Ash, eh, if he goes, he goes. You're already at a fail as far as where you are at, as far as your grade if you're the Dallas Cowboys defense, at least with me. Because everybody is so glamorized by the offensive side of the ball in this football team. I'm not saying don't look at that offense and be impressed because you're going to be okay. That offense is still going to chug it out. But your defense is going to have to make some stops. What are you going to do, Dallas? Those were your free agents. You needed to keep them. Now, granted, you're going to have guys step up. But the question is, when you lose four within the secondary that you depended on all season long last year, you can't expect the kind of thing to happen, which is what? Getting victories defensively. Having to hold down that offense on third down and make them punt the ball more so than give up seven yards when it is third down and six. The Dallas Cowboys defensively are good. It's going to be a problem. Unless something happens, unless they get some kind of major signing, which I don't know what's out there, that would be enough to say, oh, yeah. So it'd have to be some kind of big move, big trade. So free agent-wise for you, Dallas Cowboys, I'm telling you right now, you are in a lot of trouble as a Dallas Cowboy fan this coming, upcoming season. It won't be because of the offense. You'll look directly at the defense, and you'll, and you'll see the big holes. Good luck to the Dallas Cowboys defensively. That's going to be the thing. That's going to be – and, folks, if I'm seeing this, I tell myself, if I see it, the coaches are salivating to play the Dallas Cowboys if they got an offense. So watch out for that. So that's your Dallas Cowboys. Now, I want to get onto the other side of it with, with all the free agency that's going on. We talked about the free agency right there as far as the NFL is concerned. Well, there's been some free agency going on in the NBA, and where have your Dallas Mavericks been? And, and I'm, talking, I'm talking specifically to fans. And I don't think for a second. I've talked about this before. Cuervo will back me up on what I've said. There's a reason why guys are not coming to this team. There's a reason why. And folks aren't going to like it, okay? But there have been guys that were signed all over the place. And the last few years, they went out and at least tried to get someone. I mean, this year, what's going on? I mean, you've had guys that were big time. You weren't going to get Stephen Curry. That's not a good idea. Kevin Durant obviously has a plan because he took way less than what they are. But guys like, I'm going to tell you right now, Chris Paul was a guy that they could get. 
And I'm not saying Blake Griffin's good, but he could, they could have got him. Gordon Hayward, yeah, that's a guy that could have got, got. Kyle Lowry could have been got. Abaka could have been got. Millsap could have been got. Hill could have been got. Teague could have been got. Porter could have been got. I'm, I'm telling you, there's so many guys that could have been got. But the Dallas Mavericks didn't do a thing in this thing. The Dallas Mavericks completely and utterly failed in, in so far in free agency. And th- that is a travesty. But why is it going on? Why, why are the Mavericks completely and utterly striking out? Now, and don't get me wrong, okay, and I've said it before, I'm going to just say it again, and I don't care, especially with my locals, you'll come back, okay? But Dirk Nowitzki is the most overrated player to be set to be going into the, to, to the NBA Hall of Fame. I, I, I don't care about it, and the reason being, I go back to what LeBron James has done, what he's averaged, what he's done. The big German has done exactly what this guy knows how to do. The problem is, if the big German played 15 years ago for the Dallas Mavericks, we would be have, have a great argument on how great Dirk Nervinsky is. But the landscape of the NBA and the way that it's changed really has made Dirk Nervinsky just a spot-up shooter. I'm not saying he's not a good shooter, but he's overrated. And Mark Cuban clung to this guy like he was the second coming. And guys, I'm telling you right now, He's the reason why people aren't coming here. It's not Mark Cuban. Say whatever you want, okay? You can love, hate Mark Cuban all day long. But Mark Cuban is not the reason why the big names are not coming here. Mark Cuban has the checkbook. Mark Cuban is a billionaire. Mark Cuban will pay whoever needs to get paid. The reason why... If they come and go in free agency, skip over the Mavericks because of your big German. And it is what it is. I can't, there's no other reason why there was, because if those other folks were, if they had some other players on this team that, or, or any kind of promise, but yet Dirk Nowinski has the pocketbook of Met, of Cuban, and he and he's not getting out of it. Guys, the, the Mavericks have done absolutely nothing in free agency. Okay, fine. They signed, they signed a role player. I'm talking about bringing in the names. Why are the Dallas Mavericks unable to do this? I've talked about this on my show for the longest time. Dirk Nowinski today, in today's game, it's no big deal. Who cares? Why am I saying that? Because I can't get the guys to go to this team. It's not because of Cuban. The guy writes the checks, he's going to be there. 
But I'm going to tell you straight out, if you're a Dallas Maverick fan and you're seeing all these things going on in this area and you're asking yourself the question, why can't we sign them? What has been the same mainstay that they have not been able to sign any of the big ones? And not even not even break the top 10 on the free agents. They can't even break the top 20 on free agents to bring them in. What is the consistent denominator as far as the court is concerned? It's the big German. Straight out. They don't want to play here. And the reason being is, is that, and I've said it before, say it again, continue saying it, He's overrated. Players know he's overrated. The guy can spot a three, no problem. But really, what else is Dirk Nowitzki for the Dallas, for the Dallas March? Dallas Marshals. I've mean, gotten too much into indoor football. But the, the uh, Dallas Mavericks. If anything, it's it, it, they'd be embarrassed to play here. Now, I know that sounds incredibly rude. And as a big German does deserve more respect, but why are the players not going there? Now they're not going here for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's Dirk. Number two, he is old. I mean, he's not going to be able to run the court. But yet Mark Cuban, now this is the problem with Cuban. Cuban's got a love affair with this guy. And until he goes ahead and gets the young talent that needs to be in here in order for them to at least come close to even, you know, challenging for a playoff spot now. I mean, you were talking about a team that won 50 games for many, many, many years. What have they done for the last two years? Oh, you didn't know? Oh, well, ask me if I this program. It is Cuervo on a Sunday morning, and we're ripping on the Dallas Mavericks. This is a basketball team, Cuervo, that has done absolutely nothing in free agency where there's some big names out there. Now, granted, there's going to be bigger names next year, but you had to start this year if you were going to get some of those names, Cuervo. The Dallas Marshall or the Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks have completely failed here in this free agency. Well, first off, good morning, Sonny. Good to hear your voice once again on a Sunday. Good morning. Um, you know, here's here's what I see as far as the Dallas Mavericks are concerned, and it's it's not an organizational problem. It's it's a problem that I, I think I'm starting to believe that the the, the super team phenomenon is taking over. Um, and when when a player, when a free agent doesn't see the potential of a super team forming in that organization, they want no part of it. So, you know, now when trades happen, that's different. Chris Paul going to Houston, that wasn't really his choice. I think if Chris Paul had it, had the option or had a no trade clause or or the opportunity to, to say, hey, I don't want to go to this team, and maybe he did to an extent, but if he had more uh, power in the face, though, of whether he was going to get traded somewhere. I don't think he'd be a Houston Rocket right now, to be honest with you. He'd probably be either a San Antonio Spur. Um, he would be staying in L.A. Clippers, or I would even go as far as saying he would probably uh, join, uh, let me think, you know, one of the other top teams in the West, but really it's all about the Spurs and the Warriors right now. So, Right. So, uh, 
reality, uh, and your Dallas listeners might get mad at me for this, but Dirk Nowitzki is not enough anymore. Absolutely. He wasn't enough even when he was in the top of the game, Cuervo. Right. And, you know, so with that said, um, you know, when you don't have that super team forming up in the West, uh, you know, they don't want nothing to do with it because there's really no chance of winning. You're not going to compete with San Antonio. You're not going to compete with Golden State. You're not. Uh, Oklahoma City was, was the other team I was thinking of now that they have Paul George. I mean, so when you don't see the potential there to compete in the West, players are looking like, why even bother? So that's what that's the problem with the Dallas Mavericks is they don't have the firepower on the court to say, hey, free agents, come take a look. This is why you want to come play with us. We got A, B, and C guy. Right now you got one guy that is, you know, you can argue he's, he's a, a B player. He's not an A player. You can argue he's a B player, um, but that's just not enough. So, and you think about all the stacked teams that are in the West now, it, it, it's not appealing to any type of free agent. It's not appealing to even guys that want to get traded there. So, really, Sonny, I, I, I think that, you know, if, if I'm the Dallas Mavericks, if, they, if they're playing this smart, I think you kind of start – tearing this thing down and rebuilding it back up, stockpiles, draft picks, and, uh, you know, try to form a super team from scratch and, and get young. So I think that's – if I was the Dallas Mavericks, that's what I would do because you're not competing in the West right now. Well, you're, you've got a lot of stuff to do, and you've got to start somewhere, and you've got to do your free agencies. You've got to sign your draft picks and things of that sort. And the key thing is develop them enough to where those guys can make a play or at least say, hey, at least we've got a plan. We've got this. Like you said, Cuervo, we've got this in, in set. we got this guy coming. we got our eyes on this. The sale job that maybe Mark Cuban has been able to do so well in business is just not doing very well down here in Dallas. And the fact that they they have dropped on games, talk about a team that normally was winning 50 games a year, and now they're just nothing. I mean, they're not, they're not even a viable move. But, you know, Chris Paul, like you said, he was traded. You know, that is, I mean, James Harden, Chris Paul, I mean, uh, to me, I mean, when I look at chemistry, when I look at compatibility, boy, oh, boy, Cuervo, this is like oil and water. It, it's, not like, it's not like water and Kool-Aid that mix up to make, make a nice cherry drink. I mean, this, this makes, first of all, we, we, we're going to talk about the number, four years, 170 million bucks. I mean, come on, 42 million a year? Let's get serious. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Uh, but then add on Chris Paul, you know, I, I don't know, Cuervo, there's something going on here, and I don't think it's going to be good for the Houston Rockets. Well, no, they've just they just shot themselves in the foot in reality. They held the whole franchise hostage now by giving Harden all that money, which, as I said on my post, I don't even think he's going to have that because – he plays on half of the courts. He should get half the money. But, you know, I mean, the thing, you know, here's the thing, Sonny. Let me stop you there. You just you just said the problem in Dallas, too, 
without actually saying it. You know, you're talking about Mark Cuban being a salesman. Hold on a second. Mark Cuban is the, the owner, if I'm not Who's the GM of this team again? Who is Donnie Bobby Nelson. Donnie Nelson. Is he just collecting a paycheck from the organization? Like, what is he doing? Why is Mark well, Cuban doing all this? I, I get it. I get what you're saying, but sometimes people are good yes men. We've talked about that before on this show too. And, and, oh, jeez. Well, well, that amount of money. I mean, and, and that's the, see, and that's where you, the business model right now is not working for Cuban. Mark Cuban needs a guy to say, "What the hell are we doing here?" You're right, Cuervo. But the only problem is Donnie Nelson's smart enough to where he's getting paid. And guess what? He's the actual owner of the D-League of the uh, of the uh, the uh, Dallas the Mavericks. Uh, Mavericks. Yeah, the Dallas Mavericks. So, I mean, the Texas legend is the minor league system for them, and they got guys in there that don't necessarily have the potential to make a step or a play to be a guy that they can depend on. I mean, so, but Donnie Nelson rides the rides – the, hey, I, you know, I get it, and it's good for Donnie Nelson, but – you're right, Cuervo, when you don't have a guy that can aggressively move forward and say, Mark, this is what we need. Uh, you don't want to do it, great. Tell me what you want to do, and, and then. but if you want me to run the team, this is what we have to do. And they don't have that leadership right there. You're absolutely right. But whose fault is that? Is that Mark Cuban, or is it the fact that he's got lack of ambition to stand up to him? I think it's Cuban more so than Donnie Nelson. Yeah, and, you know, and I, and I think too, you know, it, it is it is a lot of Cuban, uh, but sometimes you know, it, it, you have the courage to do it, and not everybody does. Uh, but right. if you have the courage to sit down with the owner and say, "Look, you got to allow me to do my job," like that, that's it, it's never gonna it's never gonna change. Now, what changed? Uh, and I'll use another Dallas team as an example with the Cowboys. Like, what changed with the Cowboys when it came to uh, making personnel moves and draft picks and all this other stuff. Like, because, it, it, you know, obviously something's been going right with the Cowboys the past few years lately. Something has changed, whether it's Mr. Jones saying, okay, you know what, I get it. Maybe I'm not the best at, you know, drafting guys or something like that. And he handed that responsibility off to someone else. And you look what you have now. With the Mavericks, I think it could be the same situation, and, and Mr. Cuban's got to understand that maybe he has to allow his other people that he has hired and is paying to do their job, and you might see a difference. So, I don't. That's that's how I see it. You know, he just has to. Sometimes you just got to sit him down and, and not be afraid of getting fired. You know, I mean, you might just have to lay all the cards out. Be like, look. I get it. You know what? What I'm about to say to you, hey, if you fire me afterwards, I'm willing to deal with that. But this is what needs to happen. If you want your team to be successful and compete in the Western Conference, you got to allow me to do what I need to do. And you got to allow me to do what he needs to do. So, you know, sometimes you just have to shoot straight. And, uh, you know, again, you're taking that risk of losing your job or, or something else backfiring. But, you know, in the long run, that that owner's going to be like, 
thanks for sitting me down and setting me straight because it's it's like a revolving door with teams like that where the owner wants to uh, you know be be the one to call all the shots. I mean, I'm sorry, and I hate to I hate to speak ill about the dead. When you look at what's going on in Oakland with the Raiders now, the Al Davis passed away. You know, I mean, look at how that franchise has turned around. And, mm-hmm. and again, I mean, I, I don't mean to you know talk bad about Al Davis. I mean, he was a great owner, I'm sure. However, once he was not allowed to call all the shots anymore, this franchise is going to complete 180. And right. you know, we said it last week. They're they're a contender for the Super Bowl this year. So without question. You know, it's amazing how things can change, Sonny, when you allow everybody to do their part, their piece of the pie, and, and, and contribute. So, well, and plus, I, but I think what's key on that, Pedro, and and keeping it within the NBA and what you're talking about, there's only a certain amount of time for you to realize that you got the wrong person in in the spot. And all you got to do is look at the Knicks and what's going on over there and Phil Jackson. That guy, that guy has tore down a franchise that might not be able to recover for another five or six more years. You've got to make a determination and you've got to figure out really quick whether or not you've got the right guy in place. Yeah, you know, Sonny, and, and you know I love me some Phil, and, and uh, I got all the love in the world for him, but, man, he was not a good uh, GM or team executive, whatever title he held in New York. He just – it it was not the same as being a coach. It, it's not the right. same. So uh, he, he he I guess you know he learned that the hard way. But um, yeah, I mean now it's like you know what do the where do the Knicks go from here? You think about ten years ago, Sonny. Have, have what has changed from ten years ago with the New York Knicks? Yep. Not a whole lot. Not a whole not lot. Not at all. Changed. We're still so, talking about them being – we are still talking about them being a complete and other, you know, you know, mediocre type of uh, basketball. And guess what? It, it is what, exactly what it is 10 years after he'd been there. Hadn't done anything. Got the wrong guy. I mean, you can go back in history and ask the question, did they do the right thing with personnel over the years? What have the Knicks done for the last 25 years, Cuervo? You know, we're talking about the Knicks, you know, really being a team that has actually moved forward and, Mm -hmm. and made a difference in the NBA. I mean, when we talk to New York Knicks, Cuervo, we're not talking about a team that is back in the 90s where you actually had to go through that team. You actually had to beat that team. You had to go to to Madison Square Garden and try to get that done. Madison Square Garden. All right, I need a nap. But you know what I'm saying. This is is one of those teams that you you had to actually work. Now they're just a joke, and and right there is exactly what we're getting with the with right here in Dallas is exactly what we're getting with the with the Mavericks. And what is that? Uh, mediocre product with mediocre players with no light at the end of the tunnel to bring someone in to make a change on that. Now I I think I'm right there with you, Cuervo. Sooner or later you got to look at the guy that's making the decisions. Whether whether it's Cuban, he's got to maybe take the blame. But and as much as I love Donnie Donnie Nelson, and I do, Donnie Nelson is a guy that is, uh, you know, got to get the job done a little bit more. Uh, uh, not Donnie Nelson. Um, uh, um, 
Oh, geez, my, that, it's going on in my head. I, my my brain is swirling. Um, but um, but the Mavericks, they 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 have got to make the move at the general manager, Donnie Nelson. Yeah, Donnie Nelson. Uh, I'm I'm thinking they got to take a step away from this sooner or later, and, and they got to make a different game plan and bring someone in that can make a difference to make this team viable again in the NBA. Because what they're turning into Cuervo are the Mavericks of the early '80s, and that was not a good product. Yeah, with the with those. Uh... Those green uniforms, yeah, that was bad. Oh yeah, those ugly, yeah, Mavericks. those ugly uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you mean to tell me? So you mean to tell me that Donnie Nelson is the GM of this of this basketball team? That is correct, Donnie Nelson, not Don what? Nelson, not Don Nelson, the former uh, the former coach, Donnie Nelson, and I think I'm not sure if it's his son or not, but that's it, it, yeah, it is Don Nelson. So Don Nelson is his father, but it's Donnie Nelson, his son, that is the GM. Got it. Okay. I I almost blew I almost blew a gasket because I was like, there's no way that a legend like that would be doing such a bad job. Um, you would you think, know, aside from Phil Jackson, yeah, aside from Phil Jackson. <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but but okay. So well, all right. Well, I mean, and, and now Donnie Nelson time, has it. Donnie Nelson has his hands in a lot of things. Like I said, he's the key principal owner of the uh, of the um, of the D League team, the uh, for for the Mavericks, that being the Texas Legend. So he, he's part of, part of that uh, big thing here. But sooner or later, okay, you gotta you gotta part ways with something like this. No, Donnie Nelson's sure. very much loved around here. I mean, he. he he was the, when when Tyson Chandler was the man, you know, in 2008 and 2009, he brought him there. He also brought in uh, Jason Terry, uh, Jason Kidd. He's made some moves. So Sean Marion is another one that comes to mind. Those are some of the moves that he made. When those teams were winning 50 games, you know, a season and at, were right. actually challenging for it. So that that's kind of good. But now it, it, they're they're all set. He, I honestly think Donnie Nelson, okay, with that all being said, being really kind of focused in on his D-League team because obviously that is your training area, um, and they do it, – it's a little bit different. You're not going to grab the big names or anything like that, but the development for your squad is an important thing, and they got to be able to have it. So he, I think he might have leaned a little bit more on that side where he's at now, and I think he should still be a part of that, but you've got to have a guy that's willing to make the moves and the big moves and change the atmosphere, change the culture of this team from being a loser yep. to a winner. You, you know, you know what I'm, you know what I'm thinking about, Sonny, and, and, and this, and this is, I don't know if this is something that you've brought up before, but I, it's, I've got, I've got my wheels turning over here as, as you're talking and I'm listening to what you're saying as far as, um, you know, the the uh, the person, you know, the the moves that have been made over the years and stuff like that. I want to go back two years ago to a move that almost happened. And yes. it got me wondering, you know. We were talking I, about it two years ago. I know where you're going. 
So obviously, yes, you know, uh, the the whole DeAndre Jordan debacle happens, and he decides to back out and and uh, not join the Dallas Mavericks, but in fact go back to the LA Clippers, which which is a, is a hot mess in itself. So you know, it's got me wondering, like, what is the what's the real reason? And, and I guess we'll never know unless you work for the organization, unless you are Donnie Nelson or Mark Cuban, or maybe some of the players that play for this, for the basketball team. But, you know, it's got me curious as to what is the real reason behind him deciding to go back to L.A.? And whatever that reason is, has that kind of gotten around the league saying, hey, if you're thinking about Dallas, man, don't do it. Don't, and here's why. So maybe maybe the maybe the Dallas Mavericks have starting to get they're starting to have a bad reputation around the league uh, with the whole DeAndre Jordan situation, or uh, maybe people just don't feel like you like you've been saying that you're really not going to win with Dirk as the as the, you know the guy that you're going to be playing next to over there, and you're really not going to go anywhere. So it, it, it's really I'm really curious as to know like that whole DeAndre Jordan story, I'm curious as to what the real, the real story is behind it. And, and I'm wondering if maybe from that, from that situation that this organization has gotten a bad reputation around the league and players are refusing to go there for whatever, whatever reason DeAndre decided to go back to L.A. It's always something to keep thinking about what it ended up happening. But – as far as why that whole thing didn't happen. And, you know, I, I talked about it, and I am an honest believer on what I think ended up happening in that day. And what that was, you know, if, if you remember how the whole thing, I don't know if you know the backstory of it, but at least according to what I read at the time, is, is that some of the players went over to Jordan's place and held him hostage and you know, basically, and basically talked him out of that move to go to the to the Mavericks, and basically talked him out of it. Um, and uh, so, I'm not sure if you know, depending on what you were, you know, what you believe. But it's the same thing. This this kind of thing, as far as. What DeAndre's real reasoning about not going to Dallas compared to what really happened, I mean, it could be a combination of both. I mean, it's not like that, that Chris Paul and, and uh, Blake Griffin could just leave them, you know, in that, and say, and threaten them in some way. Okay, DeAndre is, you know, he's an adult. He's going to make that decision. But at the same time, I I go back to what I'm talking about as far as what players think about dirt throughout this league. And I guess I'm the only one, at least in the Dallas Fort Worth area, that has got enough stones to say, First of all, I think Dirk Nervinsky is overrated. Always thought he had been overrated. And just, you know, when he's on a team that wins 50 games, he's going to – I mean, it goes back to what I was saying about LeBron James. You can, you can average, you know, 30, 40 points a game and do all this fantastic stuff in today's NBA, okay? If he did that back in later, you know, earlier years, great. 
But really, a guy that averages 28 to 30 points is merely almost a role player in today's basketball game, Squervo. So, when you, you know, yeah, he can be considered a superstar, but the game's much lighter. The game is not played as hard. The game is more about finesse, more about physical. I mean, those, all those things come into play when you've got a guy who's averaging 20, 25 points a game and he's a quote-unquote superstar. Well, It's different. Now, the big German, he'll spot up. And I'm not going to sit here and deny the shots that he's made. I'm not going to do that. But why would I be impressed with Dirk Nowitzki if I'm not impressed with LeBron James on what he does out on the floor during the regular season? No, it's just, just, you know, relevant questions, Sonny. I mean, you know, you think about it – you know, guy, like you said, I mean, everybody's got their specialty now. It's not just about playing hard and, and uh, you know, averaging 20, 25 points a game. It's about, okay, well, what do you do to get those points? You know, are you an inside scorer? Are you a three-point specialist? And, um, you know, what it comes down to is how, do you, how would you fit on a team? That's, that's what, it, what it is now. It's not just, hey, you get a bunch of good talent and put it together. It's not always going to work that way. And, you know, that's why this whole thing in Houston with Harden and, and, and Chris Paul, it sounds great and it looks good on paper. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Oil and water, my friends. Oil and water. And, that, and, that's, that, and that's where I'm going at, too, is, you know, it's, it's going to eventually, in my opinion, it's not going to be as good. I think, if anything, you know, the, the – the duo in Oklahoma City is going to be great. I can't wait to see that with Paul with uh, Paul George and, and Westbrook. That's yeah. going to be a. That's going to Why be is a that Cuervo? I mean, I, I know the answer is what the, my hypothetical question here. Why do you think that's going to be more successful than it is down when you take a look at what James Harden and Chris Paul are doing? It comes to three. It's a three-letter word, Sonny, and 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 it and it rhymes with. Uh, well, I can't think of anything. Ego. Ego. In my yes. opinion, James Harden has an ego. All right? Yes. <laughs> and this is funny because the post that I put up, the one thing that you mentioned was his beard. I, I, I found it funny, <laughs> but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But And, and if you really think about it, that is kind of like an ego thing too because – what I see in James Harden that he's, is, is that he tries to be different. And yes. To an oh, extent, man. it works. You are it, so it, good, Clairvo. You don't even know how you're steering right into where I was going. Go ahead. You're welcome, Sonny. You're welcome. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it just seems like – and again, again, to me, he's worth maybe half of what the, the Houston Rockets just paid him. What is it, 42 million the gear he's going to get? 42 million? He's got, no, he's going to get actually, actually, no, it's, it is, I think it's like four years, 220 something. It's like 50 million bucks a year. It's, it's insane how much money (laughs) this guy is going to get. And he only plays on half of the court. You'll, you'll get all kinds of highlights from him offensively. Defense? Forget it. Forget it. He's a statue when it comes on defense. Well, so the there's another there's another reason why 
that the reason that, that Oklahoma City thing is going to be good it is part it's partly ego, but wh- why? And I'm just going to say this: if you're the Houston Rockets, why do you go get Chris Paul when you've got James Harden doing exactly the same damn thing, even though he's not necessarily quote unquote a point guard, or is he considered a point guard? Chris Paul he's is not a point guard. I mean, so. James Harden, I mean, he can play the small, he can play the off guard. He can play a, a small forward. Um, and so, but James Harden, ego that you're talking about, there he goes. He, he, who brings the ball up the court? Who's the one that dishes it first and wants it back? Yeah, Harden. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got two guys that play the same position in reality, even though Harden could play the other one. How are you going to convince James Harden that he's not the one that's going to bring the ball up the court when you have Chris Paul? <laughs> and then I yeah. want to know what the role is going to be for Chris Paul. Is he going to be a backup? Is he going to get minutes? That's what, I can't wait to see I how that unravels. I would hope he does, Sonny. I mean, the Houston – You trade if, for him, you're better. If, yeah, exactly. If, if Chris Paul does not start for this team, and I don't even know why this is even a conversation, but since we brought it up, if for some ungodly reason Chris Paul does not start for this basketball team, the Houston Rockets are the dumbest organization in basketball. I mean, you're talking about a perennial – I'm sorry, he may not have been there this year, but he's an all-star point guard in my opinion. He's still top five. I want to know. I think I, 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 there's something with this trade that doesn't smell right, Cuervo. And what I'm talking about smell right, I'm talking that I don't think Chris Paul's going to be a Houston Rocket. This was a move, Cuervo, I think, in order for something bigger. Why would you go get a Chris Paul when you got James Harden on this basketball team? Well, so well, it's either Harden, one of two Harden. things, Cuervo. It's something that we don't know about, which could be, A, an injury that we don't know about and no one's talking about, or, B, this is a trade bait trade. In other words, they got the guy that they need in order to get what they want from somewhere else. I, myself, I don't see how this trade helps the Clippers or the Rockets at all, more so than, yeah, he's a big name. This guy can play. But the fact of the matter is, you talk about the ego, I think this was a trade bait trade in order to get someone else, and I don't know who that is. Well, I got a question for you, Sonny, because I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Who, who was the backup point guard in L.A.? Who was backup to Chris Paul? I, I, I'm honestly, I don't remember. Um. Oh, you mean, you mean but, as far as the depth chart for the Clippers, then? Correct, correct. Well, I can correct. take a I can take a look at that. Here's the depth chart right here. I don't know it off the top of my head. Thank goodness for uh, for because uh, I think what, oh. I think I might know who it is, and I'm gonna. It's gonna be very interesting. <laughs> Austin Rivers and Raymond Felton. Did you say Austin Rivers, Sonny? That's Sorry, what I said. Is that the last, the last name you said is Rivers? That's exactly oh, what I said. That's funny. And who's the coach for that team again? Oh, uh, Doc uh, Rivers. Uh, huh. uh, uh, the, uh, hmm. I, you know, hmm. Ego. 
There's yet another ego that we're talking about. Huh. That's Hmm. that's last name, Sonny. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder. I I, I don't know. Would you know that off the top of your head, or do I need to put that into Google? (laughs) You can put it in Google if you'd like, but I tell you right now, that's Daddy Uh, hooking up his boy. That is Daddy hooking his boy up. That is, and by the way, by the way, that might be the biggest hookup in sports history. By the way, yeah, because you yeah, get because rid, you right get now. rid, you get rid of a, what could be a cornerstone for a cornerstone for your your, your team. Okay, Chris, believe me, give me two seconds. Give me Chris Paul, Austin Rivers. That's not even the discussion. But what what is that? What is that? Is that Doc Rivers saying you better make friends with Blake Griffin? You know, because, you know, and that's the way that we can get you in there. Because, like you said, Cuervo, there's no way this guy hits the court on almost any other basketball team in the NBA seriously as a point guard in reality. I mean, this kid is 24 years old. Now, I'm not going to say anything about the guy's career. And the main reason why is we haven't seen him really in reality, Cuervo. So, you you. You know, I, and I don't know what kind of guy this guy will end up being, but it might be Cuervo, like you said, the biggest hookup in the NBA history. Uh, yeah, because you just got rid of an all-star point guard, so that way your son can be the starting point. So that way your son can start for your basketball team. You, you want to talk, ki- talk about kissing up, and I'm talking about kissing up. I mean, to Blake Griffin probably had to happen too. I mean, because come on, let's be honest. Okay, if you're if you're in this situation, Cuervo, and you're talking about moving Chris Paul, you better have someone else in your back pocket if your answer is your son. That means Doc Rivers was talking to somebody. But aren't you surprised that even Doc Rivers is the head coach of this basketball team still? Well, yes, in a way, because – he hasn't done anything to improve this team in the sense of, you know, the, the personnel that they have taken them to the next level. And that was Doc, and that's what Doc River was, was brought in for. He was traded, Sonny, if you remember. Yes, he got I traded do. to the Clippers. It wasn't yes. a fact of, you know, that he, you know, resigned from being the, the Celtics head coach to got fired. step on to L. Yeah, he didn't get fired. He didn't. He didn't step down from being the Celtics head coach and decided to sign with the uh, the Clippers. No, he got traded there. So, you know, the thing is, like, but he hasn't done anything to improve this team. They they haven't gone to the next level or anything like that with him as the head coach. So, and if I'm not mistaken, he has part GM rights as well. He's he's part I, the yes, GM he of is. the basketball team too. So yes. Again, I mean, I think they they got a couple of draft picks in return. Maybe maybe that's why they made the move too. But I'm gonna tell you right now, Sonny, they got rid of the wrong guy. Uh, without question, guy. Blake Griffin should have been the one that goes away from this thing because why? And we talked about it on this show, Cuervo. You don't get rid of a point guard. It's almost it's it's almost like the rule: you don't get rid of a seven footer. 
Okay, that right. might be the the first is you don't get rid of a second uh, a seven footer as long as he's in his prime, or you get rid of a point guard that could arguably still be in this prime right now, and you keep Blake Griffin, which by the way has I'll, I'll say it hasn't impressed me. I mean, he, he might as well be Dirk Nowitzki, for Christ's sake. I mean, I'm telling you right now, Cuervo, I mean, you're talking about a, a, a mediocre guy, Blake Griffin, yeah. He'll put in, and he'll go back to it. The guy will put in 20 points a game, but what does it do? It hasn't done anything. I mean, I mean, LeBron James will score 35 points, but what has it done? Okay? Nothing. I mean, it means absolutely nothing for you to put the ball in the basket anymore. And and I'm telling you right now, that is going to be one of the – you've got to find someone to put the ball in the basket. Chris Paul may not – and here's another thing. Chris Paul, he can score. So you got Chris mm-hmm. Paul who can score. Not only that, but your point guard, biggest mistake Quite possibly, and that's why, that's why I'm looking at this because James Harden is that guy. That's why I'm looking at this is this is not a real trade. This was a get. You got to get someone in order to really get what you want or what you need in order to be there. What is that answer with the Houston Rockets? I don't know. Who are they eyeing that they want to try to pick up? All you got, and when I do have some time, I'll look at the teams to see who's got a bigger guy. But needs a point guard. And I, I, I don't know. It, there's, there's some teams out there that need a point guard that can get it done. But what are teams going to be willing to give up to give up the big guys? And really the only thing that you give up to get the big guy Cuervo is a point guard in this league. Yep. I'm going to tell you right now. Sonny, I'm going to call it right now. Today's July 9th, yes? Today's July 9th. July 9th, yes. We are not even sniffing the summer, or not the summer league, but the uh, but the preseason of the NBA yet. Yep. If the Clippers go into the season and they play the season with Austin Rivers as their starting point guard, the uh, the, the LA Clippers will miss completely miss the playoffs. They will miss the playoffs. They will not even make it. They won't even sniff it. I, I don't think they uh-huh. even sniff it, Cuervo. I don't even yeah, think it's going to be, be close, and that's the sad thing. Yep. They're going to get a lottery pick this year or, ne- or going into next season if they don't get themselves a actual point guard. Well, look at next again, year, Cuervo. Hey, hey, Cuervo, look at, look at next year, okay? Next year is the big time for the, for the free agents in the NBA. I mean, LeBron's going to be out there. I mean, there's going to be some names out there. And also, with that number one draft, it, 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 could be, it could be a strategy. But that would be giving them credit for being smart, Cuervo. Are they smart enough to see what's coming in their way? Which would be the fact that the free agents are going to be big. Would, that be, would, would LeBron be in L.A. but not in a Laker uniform? I mean, geez, you could almost write this book, Cuervo on what it what it's going to be like. Well, I mean there are there are you know articles and stories and rumors and you know all kinds of different talk about LeBron going to LA. Now, which LA team? I mean, you could flip the couch potato coin and guess for yourself, but for all we know, we don't know which which LA team he is eyeballing. Uh if he was smart, he would probably pick the one in the green and or the uh the gold and purple. But um you know, 
<clears throat> there, there's no time. I mean, he, you know, now that his buddy Chris Paul is gone, okay, that's something you got to think about too. He, he's buddies with Chris Paul. Now he's now he's out of L.A. I mean, if you're trying to go for LeBron, why would you get rid of his buddy? You lost the bargaining you know? chip. Yeah, I mean, you lost a huge bargaining chip. I mean, that's his. I mean, he, you know, he's spending summer vacation with him, going on trips. Him and Carmelo and Dwayne Wade and all these other guys, you know, these those four guys. Um, if if your sales pitch to hit LeBron is, is, is Chris Paul, well, you, I mean, you just ruined it. But, um, you know, if but if LeBron was smart, I mean, you got to look at the what the potential is with the Lakers seeing with the, with the pieces that they have now, um, I think they have a better chance of being successful in the next five years than the Clippers do. The Clippers are going the wrong way. They're, they're, they're going, their arrows pointing down. I think the Lakers right now, it's in between, you know, staying level and going up. It's kind of in between the, those two, but um, yeah, as far as the Clippers, if they're trying to go for LeBron, you you went the wrong way, guys. You know, you're supposed to keep guys like Chris Paul and intrigue him yes. to go there, play with his play with his buddy. But you know, I, I mean, it could be, like the Houston said, Rockets are spending seventy five million dollars on two players. Yeah, I know. Isn't on two players, hell, that's that's a, that's a, that is a full. <laughs> that's a. Uh, payroll for a lot of well, not in today's teams, but oh my god, that that's a lot of money in payroll to two guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the Rockets were thinking when they when they gave James Harden that much money, and I get it. You know, I mean, I've, I've been reading. You know, I've gotten comments as far as like, well, who else are they going to get? Okay, fine. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But for that much money, you just don't, I mean, I mean don't you start a little bit lower? I mean, whatever happened to the days where you negotiated? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those days are over. Those days are over. Oh my, oh my gosh, it's un, it's unbelievable. I, I don't know. It, it, it's really. Maybe, it, you know what? Those maybe, maybe it was a negotiation. Maybe maybe this guy wanted two hundred and fifty mil. Originally, and they talked him down to two twenty five or two twenty six, whatever it was. I mean, who's to say that that didn't happen? I mean, that four years, two hundred fifty million dollars. What is that? That's got to be like sixty million dollars a year. I'm sorry, and there ain't no player in this league right now. Sixty five million, four year, two hundred and twenty eight million dollars. The guy's making twenty five million, oh, twenty five million and some change. I mean, oh my God! I mean, yeah, you gotta look. I mean, you gotta the the monies that are being. Incredible! Can I? I, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask a stupid question. Could the NBA and the players and the money put themselves out of business? Yes, Quavo, we're talking some astronomical numbers. If for some reason the NBA takes a nosedive. And you're talking about numbers that you can't get out of the way of. 
You know what I'm saying? Does that make you, in the business world, you got to look at the stability of your league. Now, granted, I see where it is, TV deals and all this, and I get all that. But what happens if something changes? And because the NFL has been out of craziness, it's been nuts. But even the NBA, are not, I mean, the NFL is not even talking this guy. What NFL football player makes $50 million in a season? Well, it, 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 we're talking we're talking some big time numbers here, and with the NBA and where they are, I think we'll always have an NBA. But sooner or later, in my mind, something's going to crash here. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the good times are really good, and they've been good for a long time. When's the when's the drop going to come? And that's I mean, we're talking about we're talking about role players making twelve million dollars a year. Role players, not guys that you, you know you're, is your superstar or is your franchise. But we're talking about role players coming off the bench making ten to eleven million dollars. It's it, there's something wrong. Oh, there's something very wrong. Uh, and, you know, I mean, the thing is, you, you would – five years ago, if you're getting these type of contracts, and, yeah, I would say that the NBA is, is in jeopardy of <laughs> playing themselves out of into bankruptcy or something like that. But no, it the seems thing is, like that. But it, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. But with these new uh, – uh, these new contracts they're getting, these new TV contracts, and all these these other new uh, contracts that they're getting, um, you know, it's it's that's what is allowing the league to be able to pay these type of uh, contracts to players, you know, because all this new endorsement money that they're getting, and all this other, I mean, it's just it, if you when you think about it, and I've seen the pictures of. You know, you got three guys getting paid as much as the top twelve quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Three guys, right? The twelve of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL today. It's it's not even close. And you know, and it's I'll be honest with you, Sonny. I would expect these type of numbers, contract wise, from Major League Baseball, not the NBA. Yeah, not this. That, not ma- this that makes sense to me. See, that makes sense to me though. And because of the, yeah, I yeah, I think you're right there, Quay. We've been looking at the whole thing as a whole. It, it'll be really interesting. We're way past break, um, so we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna do that. We're gonna because we're gonna have to get our breaks in here. We do have fine sponsors of this, as this is a local, really in reality, it's a nationwide everywhere show. But uh, my locals pay for time, so we're gonna go into our commercial set, folks. When we come back. We're talking a little bit about ego. We're going to be talking about some more egos coming on within the NFL. We're going to make the switch unless we need to uh, recap a little bit more before we head out of the NBA and head into the NFL. So we're going to take that quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And that being said, we'll be right back, and I'll get into um, – there's someone online. I'll get their names and everything. I'll come right to you. We'll be right back after uh, the sponsors here. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. 
Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-Star HVAC Contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-Star HVAC Contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-Star HVAC Contractors. Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, 
MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Back here in hour number two of the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is that being said, it is the Sunday morning tradition where we talk the sports. And we've been beating up on the NBA. Uh, you know, crazy trades, a crazy free agent frenzy that's been going on out there. But what do we do best? On this show, without a question, is we talk a lot of football. Let me hit this button right there and that, bring it this up a little bit more because I like that song. Anyway, but I'm going to go on and bring on the Erico 412. It's Steel City Storm coming to you from the Steel Nation. How you doing, Steel City? Hey, Lord Stanley Cuffer, doing fine. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. What's going on, my friend? What's on your mind here? This one, like, if I don't know, go ahead. <laughs> What's on my mind is I like to let the Steeler Nation know that just because Tom Brady took a picture at the Stanley Cup, let's not go crazy, people. It's only a cup. <laughs> it's only a cup, but it is that championship cup, you know. You know, you know. So you know, champions tend to to you know find each other, right? You know. So there you go. Yeah, they're just acting like goofballs. That's just a picture. Everyone's losing their mind about it. But uh, uh, Steelers training camp's getting ready to start here. July, end of July, I believe 27th might be the day they report. And uh, It is? Yeah, end of July. End of July so. they should be reporting. Well, let's talk a little bit about it. You got the Steelers there on, on board. What, what are you, when you're looking at the Steelers, and what they're all about. What, what I mean, you got Ben Roethlisberger still top, you know, at least top seven quarterback in the NFL. Knows how he sits on the outside of top five for me. Maybe even somewhere, but he's definitely top ten. I, how are you as a fan feeling confident going into the season with Big Ben? And the, uh, let's be honest, this guy's been you know plagued with some injuries for the last few years. Yeah, and I can easily put him in the top five in the NFL, easily, because the talent pool in the NFL as far as quarterbacks is pretty thin as it is. And when you have uh, Tom Brady who's going to be pushing 40, it's having the success he has, that tells you there's not that many up-and-coming ones or what we call elite quarterbacks. The Steelers are going to go as far as their defense will take them. Uh, Martavis Bryant come back after being suspended because he's an idiot, and uh, hopefully he's not an idiot anymore. And he uh-huh. come back around a four or five forty, and for that man that size to do that, uh, along with the draft pick from USC, and getting James Conner as a backup to Bell, so you don't run him into the ground anymore. The Steelers can outscore a lot of people, but their defense has got to be better than average. And, and really, I'm talking New England Patriots. That's to me, is the only team in their way from going back to the Super Bowl. But that's easier said than done. I think the Steelers have an offense that can score. I think they can run the ball. they got one of the better offensive lines. It didn't really address the tight end situation since losing Heath Miller, but I guess they feel sufficient. But with their receiving core – and with Antonio Brown now having other people on the field, 
you're going to get one-on-one matchups. And I believe with that offensive line and Ben Roethlisberger and a decent running game, that they're going to be able to score on anybody. And uh, it's just defense. Will the defense, will will the draft picks come to, will, uh, uh, you know, it's, I wish they would address the free agent more in the secondary, but I'm not a coach. Um, that's but really didn't they get Cody Sensabaugh from the from the Rams? Didn't they get Cody Sensabaugh? Now, he, granted, he's not you know necessarily top tier, but I think that guy can play. Yeah, I wanted someone that was more had more pedigree, better upside. I'm not complaining, but I'm not thrilled. Um, we've been getting too many people like that in the past and it's never panned out. Let's face it, in the Steelers' defense, even with LeBeau gone, it's it, the secondary as go as far as the front seven will take them. Um, I expect that to be better, um, barring any injuries. If the Steelers get injuries, they're done, especially on defense. They don't have the depth they used to have. Um, if they can remain healthy on defense and they're a year older, a lot of young kids played last year and they showed promise, um, they have a good shot. I think this is this is a really good shot if they can stay healthy. Hey, Cuervo, I'll shoot this over to you. I mean, we're not huge Steeler fans. We respect what they do. The, the fact that LeBeau's not on this football team, I guess I got to ask the question. Is that a big I, – I, I think it's a huge loss for him, but – Dick LeBeau, you know, granted, he's not a spring chicken. I mean, this guy sooner or later was going to go. But, I mean, I think the loss of a guy like Dick LeBeau really has affected, especially the defensive side of the ball, obviously. Well, I mean, sure. I mean, when you're customary to a guy being there for so long, it's like you already know the expectations. You know uh, what your role is on that on that defense. And now, uh, I'm not saying they don't know, but it's, it's not uh, – it, the, the structure is, is I, to me, it doesn't seem like it's there yet with their new defensive coordinator. But you know, it's it just I, I'm listening to what you know you guys are talking about, and I just find it crazy the thought that when you talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers now, it's like you know the first thing that comes to mind is offense. Like that's, yeah, that's exactly. not what we're used to. We're, we're not used to that. I mean, when we think of the Steelers, man, I mean you're thinking you know, Steel Curtain or even, even the early 2000s with Joy Palomalu and Joey Porter and James Harrison and, you know, uh, all these guys that, that are, are legendary in, in the Steeler franchise. Now it's all Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and we're happy to get Martavis Bryant back. Like, when was the last time, you know, we talked about the Steelers being excited about getting offensive weapons back? Like, to it. It's just weird to think about when we talk about the Steelers, it's not, it's not like you're not talking about the defense. And, you know, I, I'm excited to see how Ryan Shazier is this year. That, that's a guy to watch out for, in my opinion. I, I, I like him. I like what I see from him. Um, I think he could be the next great linebacker in, in the pedigree of Steeler linebackers. Um, you know, but again, it, it, it's going to come down to him knowing his role, knowing, him knowing exactly what his expectations are. And with Dick LeBeau not being there, um, I'm not saying it's not going to happen, uh, but to what degree is, is, you know, what level is he, is he going to be able to play at? So, 
it, it, it is it is a little different without Dick LeBosier, absolutely. I think it is. I think it's a huge difference when you're looking at it. But, but I, I want to shoot it up back to the Steel City Storm. I mean, it, it, this is a defense that has depended on guys to be the guy and continually do it. I, and the fact James Harrison is still within the talking of this football team. Now, granted, I, I don't know what the future is going to be um, or, you know, will James Harrison – you know, play like he's a 25-year-old or, a, you know, a 27-year-old player. How much does it – I mean, James Harden brings the experience for you on the football team. But at 39, how long do you depend upon a James Harrison to be the man? Well, last year you had to have James Harrison to be the man because of injuries. Um, right. And he came in and played even above what many expected he, he didn't Way take above. an enormous amount of money to come back, but he's just here because of depth. Um, and you talk about Shazier um, at linebacker for the uh, Steelers. The uh, other one you can't forget about that uh, was uh, becoming a pleasant surprise is uh, uh, Dupree, the uh, number one pick. At the end of the year, he really started coming on when he started getting a better chance to play. And uh, I look for that guy, actually, and Shazier to turn some heads. And with Craig Hayward and Stephon Toot on the defensive line, another casualty was Hayward losing your best defensive lineman, and Toot all of a sudden became the guy. If you can get them both back, you get that front-line push with those linebackers suddenly – you don't have to uh, have the greatest, uh, really the greatest uh, secondary in the world when you're getting pressure and stopping a run, which is the M.O. And don't give the Steeler defensive quarterback too much leeway on Dick LeBeau's not there. If you look at Butler, he was under LeBeau for quite a long time. So he's been part of that system. But like any new manager, they're going to tweak things their way to make it their defense. But – He's been a student of Dick LeBeau for a very long time. Yeah, and I just think that, you know, when you lose a guy with that much influence on your defense, and there's no question. And and I don't I, – I hate to even say this because it's really bad when I'm going to say it, but sooner or later – you know, that guy had to go just because of his age. I mean, that guy's, that guy's not young anymore. I mean, we're talking about a guy that has – but he's got that mind that's able to help you do what you do, which is be successful. I, I just don't understand, and maybe it's me, maybe someone didn't learn from this guy or at least follow what he did as far as the success. So within the realm of what's going on in the front office, how do you think the, the GM is doing for this team to bring in, whether it's a free agent or working within the draft to bring what they needed in order to be you know, consider, you know, that defensive team that they have always been? Well, as you could see, the Steelers' identity has changed uh, from defense to offense. But, Big time. Uh, yeah, and, and and the offensive line, for one, was at one point the weak spot. But when you bring in all these number one picks, eventually they were going to be your strength with JR. It was just what it is is what you said it was. You had a defensive unit that was solid and there for a very long time. So your offense did the turnover. 
while your defense stays strong. Now all your stars are on the offense. Now it's defensive turnover. Usually it's a whole team turnover, but the Steelers have been able to retool on the run. And literally, if you look at their draft and this year's draft, first two were on defense. Um, they're retooling the defense that's young. They've got a little bit of experience. Younger guys got a lot of experience because of injuries. It kind of had a down season, but hopefully it'll pay dividends this year. Um, you lose Lawrence Timmons in free agency, yes. but you mm-hmm. have a, a depth guy as Vince Williams has stepped in nicely. Uh, Bud Dupuis has really uh, done well in a, a more of a leading role with injuries. And then Stephon Tewitt, another one that when Cam Hayward went down, played tremendously, especially in the playoffs. And he put Brady on his back once, even though they lost that game. So, I mean, there's a lot of upside to the defense, and we're hoping that number one pick can play like his brother. That would be a really great surprise. But uh, there's a, Like I said, the Steelers are going to go as far as that defense takes them because I expect this offense to score. I expect them to run the ball. But I'd like to see them use James Conner, the kid from Pitt. They brought in um, Kit beat Cancer. Um, hell of a player um, at Pitt. Now he's staying in the hometown that plays a big physical back, a nice release for Bell because I think the Steelers ran that guy into the ground way too much. And I think that that they need to keep that balance and keep him healthy for the playoffs because when you play a team like New England, you better better be able to score points because I don't care how good your defense is, they will score on you. Um, so hey, you would like to be better than average. I, I want to tell you the loss of Lawrence Timmons. Not only that, forget about the loss. I mean, they got him for nothing. I mean, they got a two-year, twelve million dollars for Lawrence Timmons. I'm telling you right now, the 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 Dolphins stole him away from you guys. And why anybody wouldn't think that this guy was worth six? Maybe even eight to ten million dollars, as far as the Steelers are concerned, I think is a big mistake. Now, the depth guys behind Lawrence Timmons was pushing him for playing time here. Um, I don't know if I can say that for the Dolphins. Um, as far as price goes, maybe you're right that they stole him, but I know that the two younger guys behind Timmons were playing just as well especially Vince Williams from Florida State. He's been a depth guy for a long time. Every time he's been called into duty, he has played well, very well. And it was even rumblings here, why is not starting? So I think that when the time came, you know, this is the way the Steelers are. When the time comes and they think it's time to move, it's time to move. Um, and they've done that and they've had success in the past with it. So we'll find out if it was a bad deal. From the outside, I love Simmons to death. He's here a long time, but Vince Williams and them are covering ground just like him at a lower price. And that's Inter- interesting. Interesting numbers there, Cuervo. You, you look at the whole situation as far as losing Timmons, but then they'll turn around and get all set with James Harrison. James Harrison, a two-year deal, three and a, three and a half million. I think it's kind of cheap, but that obviously goes to show they're paying them for his age too. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And to me, I think it's a bargain on the Steelers' part. I mean, you know, absolutely, still, still productive as, as Harrison is. And, 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 you know, you think about the intangibles that you get with Harrison. I mean, he, he's 
you know, he's been he's been the anchor of, of you know, Super Bowl winning defense with this team. Uh, you know, obviously back in 2009 when they won it. Um, you know, and he's still a guy that can produce. Uh, maybe not as much as back then, but I mean, he's he's going to get you some big plays throughout the season, and, and and I'll even go as far as saying, even for a guy his age, I don't. I'm not even thinking about injuries with him. That that guy keeps himself in such good shape that I don't even I don't even worry about whether he's going to be injured or not because, I mean, the guy the guy works out like a he's an animal. I mean, you we've seen his videos. So in, Absolutely. to me, injuries aren't even a concern. Uh, normally, with a guy like of uh, his age, you would think about well, he might get hurt and this and that. Harrison, I think he's gonna play all sixteen games. Um, but you know, another thing too, I, I, I do have a question for Steel City. You know, you talked about Timmons, uh, you know, guys playing uh, better that are that were behind him or whatever, and, and somebody that I. I don't remember if they even had – do they still have Jarvis Jones on that team, or did they let him go? Gone. 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 That was a bad yeah, draft that's what pick. I Gone. Yes. He was that's what bust, I figured. Let's be honest. Um, that, that's why that's Bud Dupuis, the kid from Kentucky, came in, and they were uh, giving him a chance to play more just based on the injuries. And as the year went on, he had a hell of a playoff game also. Um, and then he came into his own. So when you're looking at Shazier, uh, look out for the police. Um, he's going to solidify that yeah, linebacking core. And uh, if you too. can get Watts and uh, James Harrison rotating in and out with your veteran and the rookie showing them the ropes, you know, they, they, can, they can get Stephon to it and Craig Hayward up front. Their front seven all of a sudden looks pretty good. Well, and Jarvis Jones went to the Arizona Cardinals, by the way. When that happened, I was ecstatic. Um, you know, kind of being a little bit of a Cardinal fan, that's a, that that was a need for the Arizona Cardinals right there as far as a linebacker for a, a football team that was definitely lacking in reality. So they get Jarvis Jones. But one of the things, I, you know, I go back it, talking about the Steelers, you know, Cuervo, we, I remember, we've been doing the show since 2009. We have been busting down on James Harrison. James Harrison's been a good little boy for the last four years because he hasn't been that guy who gets in trouble or doing something stupid. This guy has only put in the hours. He's put in the work to do his job, which is obviously, I mean, he went to Cincinnati, and they almost laughed him off the field. And, but then to get back with the steel curtain again, I mean, this is a this is a guy that has been keeping his nose clean, and actually, they probably when they brought him back, they said, "Hey, listen, be a leader for this football team. Show what you can do, and do it by example." And I, I got to give it up. I mean, we busted down on James Harrison for years on this show, Cuervo. He's actually a pretty good character guy right now. He has, honey, and you know, I, and I'm sure it probably makes. Steel City sick to his stomach thinking about it, but just to see James Harrison in a Bengals uniform, it it it, it wasn't the same. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't think he ever really felt comfortable there. Um, you know, he 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 had a starting job and all that good stuff, but I just don't. I don't think he was really comfortable. He didn't feel like 
it was really home to him. And when and obviously playing for a, for one team for so long, it's it's going to be hard to adjust. But the problem with James Harrison is he never did. He never adjusted. And um, you know, once they drafted Montez Perfect, uh, that's when uh, they made the decision to get obviously get younger and they let James Harrison go. But yeah, I think you're right, though, Sonny. I mean, you know, not only is he the leader, the anchor of that of that you know linebacking core that they have in Pittsburgh, um, but I think it's I, I kind of have to say that I think there were times where the league kind of nitpicked at Harrison, and mm-hmm. they just they just found reasons to to find him, or uh, you know I think they suspended him once or twice. Now the whole PED yeah. thing that that was that was all him, you know whether he was guilty yeah. or not. Uh, I don't remember the details of it exactly, but that that one that one you you I'm okay with putting that on Harrison, but the other ones I just kind of feel like you know they were finding reasons to to get under his skin, and I I, I credit Harrison for not really letting it. Uh, not taking it too personal. Um, I know everybody has their comments and whatnot, but, you know, like you said, Sonny, he's, he's been a good little boy the past few years. And obviously I think the league has moved on from, from messing with him. Now they find other guys. I agree. With and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I mean, as long as Harrison doesn't give them a reason to go back to messing with him. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I he's going to quietly play a full season. He's going to be the leader of that linebacking core. And, um, you know, he, he's going to help that, that defense be uh, what it once was. So, I think they need a little more help on the secondary. But uh, for yes. the most part, I think, like, like Steel City said, I mean, that front seven is going to be solid. Steel City, who is the uh, Steelers going to go up against in order to be able to win the AFC North title? You got four teams that, well, you know, you got four teams in that uh, division. Which one do you think is the team that you're going to have to fight in order to get that title in the, in the North? Well, I, you know, just judging by the way things have gone, um, you know, Cleveland had a lot of great picks and you expect those players to play, um, but I don't expect Cleveland to threat. I mean, Baltimore and Cincinnati and the Steelers, are, you know, those are deep rivalries. I, I quietly don't hear anything out of Baltimore, and that actually scares me a bit. Exactly. That tells me that they may – when you hear nothing is when I hear them. When you don't hear anything going on, things might be running smooth. I actually look for Baltimore to have a bounce back year. I think they're going to be good because, yeah, I really believe that. I believe I Marvin Lewis is a Pittsburgh guy. I think he's been there too long. They, he is too his he has no control over that team. Um, None. I just think he, a change <laughs> would be good for him. Um, but I think um, Baltimore definitely out of that that whole mess we call the AFC. North. Yeah, it, I, I think right now, hey, Cuervo, right now, and he he was reading my mind. I mean, when when you're just retooling and you're the Ravens, 
Now, this does this. What I'm saying does not work for the Browns. It does not work for the the crap teams in the NFL. But when you're quietly retooling, you know, you're getting some lubrication and spraying it on certain gears and you know and joints and stuff like that. That I think I'm right there with Steel City. I think right now the way that the fact that they're not working big time in in free agency, not grabbing up the big names is what I right there with uh, with Steel City. That's what scares me about this team. They feel they're loaded enough to go right now, more so than go and make a move at, at a position in order to compete for the AFC North Championship. Um, are you talking about the Steelers or the or the uh, the Bengals? The Ravens. I'm talking about the Ravens. Yes, I'm talking about the Ravens right, right now. Just not yeah. knowing everything and not doing the in depth right now. No offense against Steel City. Right now, I think that the team that is on top in that division, if I had to pick right now, would be the Ravens right now. Well, let's not go crazy, Sonny. I said they were going to do well. <laughs> Defense, man, <laughs> defense, defense, man, defense. Not quite. I mean, I don't know, Cuervo. I mean, are, are you looking at the North and thinking that Baltimore Ravens and you know, are you like me right now? I think they're just, I, and it's mainly because of the defense and exactly what Steel City said. That secondary, if it doesn't step up, it, 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 you, you got to take a look at it. Even the Ravens quarterback is going to throw on this team as well. So they got to improve in the, in the secondary. And I think that's what the difference really in reality, because if you look at all the other positions between those two, two, those two teams, they're the same. Yeah, I, I I'll say this though. That they got a better running game in Pittsburgh, though. So, oh, oh, much better, much better running game, much better. Uh, well, I would say I, overall their offense is better. Um, I mean, because here's here's the deal: Steve Smith retires. All right, Tory Smith is no longer there. Um, I think Dennis Pitta. I think he retired, or did he retire, or something? I, I think I don't think they have him anymore. Is, is what I'm getting at. So. My question is, who does Joe Flacco throw the football to? Is he going to throw to a to a uh, uh, you know a guy in Mike Wallace who makes maybe one play every three games? Who's he going to throw the football to? Who's, who's going to make plays for him? That's the problem that I see with the Baltimore Ravens is that they don't have any offensive firepower. Uh, so with that said, I mean, you know, their defense, yes. I mean, I I mean they have some, some good players on the defense, but if you think about it, Terrell Suggs is, is, you know, a year older now, and he's starting to become injury prone. Um, I don't think Eric Weddle is, is a guy that can really be an anchor of a defense, okay? He's no Troy Palomalu. It's very rare that you see a safety as the leader of a defense. It, that that happens once in a generation, guys, and Troy Palomalu was the guy. He was the guy in this generation as far as being a safety that can anchor a defense. So, I, I, well, I'll I tell you who they're going to gonna throw it to. I'm going to tell you who they're going to throw it to. It's one of Sonny's favorite wide receivers in the NFL that I think is underrated, Jeremy Macklin. They got Jeremy Macklin on the lineup. Uh, they got Chris Matthews. Yes, Chris Matthews, uh, Mike Wallace. And here's where I'm going, Cuervo. We, we're going to find out how good Joe Flacco is, okay? Is Joe Flacco Peytonus? 
Peyton-esque? Is he Tom Brady-esque? Meaning, is he going to take a Chris Matthews? Is he going to take a Chris Moore? Kenny Bell? Guys like this. Mike Wallace, you know, who is average at best right now. Is he going to make no. them better? And this is, this is where I think, I think this is a year that Joe Flacco is going to have to put up or shut up when it comes to how great he is in reality. Well, yeah, because you can only you can only I live can off of your Super Bowl title for so long, okay? Right. And that was what that was what four years ago now, if I remember yes. correctly. It's been four years since he won that Super Bowl, and he had he had Anthony Bolden. Uh, I think that was before the whole Ray Rice thing happened. So Ray Rice was around, okay? It was right. Ray Lewis's last year there, so he had Ray yep. Lewis on that team. So you know, what I mean. Flat, once you win a Super Bowl, I'm sorry, it, you can only live off of that one championship for so long, okay? And I'll even make that argument about a guy and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is another guy. You can only live off of that for so long, okay? So with that said, Sonny, I mean, that's why that's why I don't think I don't think Baltimore is the team that Steeler Nation should be worried about. I think I think Cincinnati's closer, but they're still there's still a lot of problems with that team too. So um, I think it's well, going to be not, neck and neck between Cincinnati and Pittsburgh for the division. Well, I don't know. Let's ask Steel City. I don't know if you're keeping track of the Bengals. You know, I, I I said it last year. I'm 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 done being I'm, I am done being an Andy guy. And if Dalton can't get the job done in Cincinnati this year, it's time to move. I mean, and it is. I mean, and I don't know if you're a Steeler fan, are you worried about Andy Dalton over there, uh, Steel City? No, I always, I, I, I always thought Andy Dalton was a good, serviceable quarterback. He actually reminded me of Neil O'Donnell from the '90s here, I, where I get he it. wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't. Dan Marino by any shape or form, but if you put the good players around him, he didn't have to necessarily win you the game. Just manage it. Let your talented yes. play. See, Cincinnati's a frustrating team because they actually have some good players on their team, but yes. half of them should be locked up in prison and the other <laughs> half should be like doing my lawn. But yes. there's no control on that team. It's it's not easy being a coach in the NFL, and he, you know, I love Lewis. But he just these guys just run the asylum, and that's their downfall. Um, I think they have all the talent in the world. To be honest with you, no, I think the Steelers are going to win the AFC North. Does that defense play good? No, I don't think there's a team in the North that's going to beat them. Just Harbaugh, he usually cries a lot, but I haven't heard a word out of Baltimore. That's what makes me nervous about that. Because Flacco is still there. And he's a right. pretty decent quarterback. Um, but, no, I don't expect that. I expect Steelers win the AFC North just based on healthy Brown, healthy Bell, healthy Ben, good offensive line, get Brian back, good draft, and a defense that was forced to play a lot of new kids, and they did well. Hey, let's not forget, we're in the AFC championship game. Let's not forget. So, yep. I mean, maybe all that will pay dividends. I, I'm looking at the, the Bengals Cuervo since you brought it up. 
you know, as two years ago being the, the year for them to make a move if they were going to make, you know, to make that impression, to continue on to the next two or three years, make an impression in the playoffs. But when they lost Andy Dalton on the last game of the season and they had to throw in, you know, Aaron and I's favorite player at the quarterback position, it really kind of hurt them where they are mentally moving into last year and the year and, and quite possibly this year. This could be a team that could be roaring into the season, but they're not because I think two years ago might have been their time. Um yeah, I think so too. Um I mean especially because with the staff that they had, uh with Jay Gruden was still there and when Mike Zimmer was still there, now it's kinda like you know, it's like any team when they lose when they lose their coordinators, you know, it's it, you don't see the same results as you did right with those coordinators that you had before, and uh, you know. So to me, I think I think it could you know start to come together this year for the Bengals, but uh, again, it's not going to be. I don't think there's really a true threat in in that division. I think it's the Steelers to lose in reality. Um, well, what I like about Cincinnati more than I do Baltimore is that they have pieces offensively. They do have some things going on defensively, um, but obviously, it's, it's, you know, offense is what wins games. You, know, you got to score points. So when you have when you have an AJ Green, you have a Tyler Eifert, you have um, really now. I think you can make the argument that the, the Bengals have a three-headed running back monster in. in over there in Cincinnati, uh, depending on how well Joe Mixon plays out. So it's going to be interesting to see how they get him involved in that offense with with Bernard and Jeremy Hill still there. Um, so you know it, it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I think I think Cincinnati's got it offensively. It's just you know the defense is going to be the the question. You know who who do they have? Honestly, who on that defense? really scares you. Does Geno Atkins scare anybody anymore, Sonny? Does, does no, Vontaze I don't think Burf, so. Is, is Vontaze Burfecht the guy that, that you can sit there and say, boy, we got to make sure that we that we know where he's at at all times. Now, if you're Antonio Brown, you want to know where he's at at all times. But, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where he's not a guy that will really scare you in the sense of he's so smart. He scares you because right. he doesn't know how to hit people. You know, like I said, if you're Antonio Brown, you got to watch where he's at so he doesn't give you a helmet-to-helmet hit. But, you know, is he a guy that scares you because of how smart he is, kind of like how Ray Lewis was in Baltimore mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, guys like that. And the, the, there's really not a guy in Cincinnati that does that for that defense. So it's just a, it's just collectively, you know, good players that – that know the role and can, you know, still produce. So it's in reality, in reality, I mean, if you think about it, the Bengals and the Steelers almost, they're almost the same team. I mean, you got good quarterback, dynamic receiver. Uh, you know, obviously Pittsburgh has the advantage in the backfield. But, and then their defense is just, you know, a bunch of solid guys that, you know, who's a who's guy that scares you? I mean, Shazier's good, but I don't know. He's not. He's not that perennial guy yet. That 
that you would say he's a top linebacker in the league. He's still got a lot to learn. He's got to grow. But, um, you know, I think Cincinnati and Pittsburgh almost have identical teams with the exception of the Steelers have arguably the best running back in the game right now. I, I think I'm right there with you as far as that is concerned, as far as the running game. The question is, did they use him up and abuse him and, and to where he it, he might feel the effects of it this year? Not really. Uh, so that, well, Not really. you would think, no, I mean, how many times did the guy touch the ball last year, Cuervo? An incredible amount of time, right? Don't forget, he didn't play the first four games, too. So, well, that, um, yeah. Uh, but hold on, I'm, I'm gonna look this up because I'm actually interested in, in how many times the guy touched the ball. Because I mean, when you talk about Le'Veon Bell, you talk about a guy that has been able to to do what he does. Um, and the guy, obviously, if you got a guy like like Bell in your lineup, you're gonna get you, you got to go to what gets the job done and will get it done. So when I look at it, here, here we are. Um, this is the guy who touched the ball 261 times rushing the football. Okay. Uh, so when you combine that with the, uh, the times that he actually caught the ball, which was 75 times, this guy was, had the ball in his hands over 300, 300 times. Um, and he was targeted 94 times in, in the, in the passing game. So obviously you want to get him the ball, 1,268 yards, 261 rushes. You want to get the ball to your guy. I mean, this guy now, he moves into it. This is his fifth season. How many, I mean, how many times can you go with over 300 touches in a season to where it doesn't affect you? I, I'll ask that to Steel City. I mean, does Ravon Bell, is this guy ready to take that step? And be the guy where they're going to give the ball to all the time, and and be and obviously the health is the big question, and he's young still; he's twenty five. Right, but the reason he was touching the ball that much, Darius Hayward Bay out most of the season. Sammy Coe uh, playing with true. a broken hand didn't play most. Of Good the point. Season. I mean, Martavius Bryant, an idiot. Missed the whole year. Well, there's three reasons right there why he touched the ball like he did. That's true. Um, Good point. And then you had his, and then um, the new wrestler, the WWE, our backup running back, that idiot. Now he's wrestling. He was the running back for the first four. <laughs> Williams, D'Angelo, he, he he covered nice for four games, and then when he come in, he's supposed to be the offset. He gets hurt. That's why he ran the. That's why he touched the ball so much. Not only was he your best player. He was your only good player left besides Bell. I mean, and they still made it to the AFC Championship game. So that's what I'm talking about. Don't underestimate the Steelers this year. If they have held people back in this draft pick, I'm telling you, I'm a Notre Dame fan. This this Schuster kid from USC killed us. He's good. And I really believe that he's going to make an impact. His size alone with Brian out there, someone's getting a one-on-one matchup. And, uh, and that's going to make a difference, and I think it's going to help with the health of Bell because, you know, let the pass set up the run now. Let's switch it up a little bit. Ball control is what makes your defense good. The longer you have the ball, less time their offense is on the field, and less time your defense, which may or may not be suspect, has to be on the field. That's how Bill Cowher did it with Bettis. He ran the ball. Running, wins, running and defense wins championships. You can run the yeah. ball, your defense is going to be fresh. 
Yeah, because and, and not only that, obviously, time off the clock, that's always a big story there. So, you know, um, and by the way, D'Angelo Williams didn't wrestle too bad. I watched that match, by the way. He, did, he didn't do too bad. I, obviously green, but he's got potential, you know. Uh, so uh, watch out. D'Angelo Williams in the, in the squared circle for the new TNA global wrestling thing that's going on over there. It's kind of, it's actually kind of cool, but that's right. He doesn't have a signed contract right now, does he? Steel city. Sir. Does he, does he have a signed contract? He's not, he's not actually signed with him right now, is he? No, no. He's not yeah. even on the, he's not on the Steelers anymore. Not will. Okay. Yeah, not yeah. <laughs> no, no. And if he was, I'm gonna go downtown right now and get him off the roster because uh, after I sing that, that's enough. We've hey, hey, got it. Money. We don't need that. Yeah, all right. Well, one thing that they do well, okay, is to go ahead and you know grab up a second. It kind of reminds me a little bit of what the, you know the uh, Patriots do and the running back position. They've been able to do that. By the way, you know I, I I don't know. I'm not a big I'm not a big lover on the backup quarterback. I'm not a Landry fan. So I I, I mean, are you a Landry fan over there, Still City? Well, it did beat the Cardinals. I mean, but no, um, I have more confidence in my cat being the backup quarterback right now. But the kid they got from Tennessee, I got to see him yeah. speak and talk and look down. He's very impressive. I'm actually rooting for that guy because not against Landry Jones, he's not a backup quarterback. He's not very good. He's been in the system long enough where you expect a little more. He ain't doing it. He's not doing it. But this kid from Tennessee, I'm telling you, he's a, he's, he's a really, really smart athlete, intelligent, gifted. I, I'd love to see him on the job. I really would. Well, Quervo, well, who, who is the guy from Tennessee? I know you know who he is. Oh, yeah, Josh Dobbs. Uh, and I know him very well because I'm a Tennessee fan when it comes to college football. Yep. And I will say this. Yep. You know, so do you've got – You've got a guy that um, obviously he's very raw. He's still got a lot of work, but I'm going to tell you he's one of the smartest individuals that that organization has probably ever had, okay? He's a rocket scientist, okay? But, but I'm not saying it for that reason. I'm just saying because he has the ability to pick up that offense fast. And, and what I'll say about Dobbs, too, is that um, he's not, he doesn't have happy feet. He, he can be a pocket passer when he has the protection. He's not going to be a guy that just wants to take off and, you know, kind of like a, like a Mike Dick in his, in his young days or, or, or Cam Newton. Or a, if, if a guy's open, he's going to throw it to him. All right, so he, he, he is a pocket passer um, that wants to be a pocket passer. But when you need him to stop, he's got the legs to do it. So he's going to be a good two-way quarterback. Um, I think the thing, what he needs to work on is his accuracy. He can be very inaccurate at times, especially when, um, you know, when, it, when it's later in the game and, and uh, uh, you know, depending on the situation, he does have problems with his accuracy. But other than that, Shield, I, I think you've got yourself a, a quarterback, again, very, very, very smart, 
and um, he's got a pretty good arm. He just needs to work on his accuracy a little bit, and and I think I think he'll be a solid backup for you guys. There you go. Good stuff going on. Still, Sydney, um, are you going to uh, hang through the break and uh, join us on the other side, or you got to hightail it? I really hightail it. I like that. No, I'm going to do a D'Angelo Williams and just jump off the top rope, but I do have to go. Um, there you go. But I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the time, and uh, I'll check in with you when I go to Steeler training camp and tell you what I see. Definitely, and you're always welcome up on the show. And always remember, you have an opportunity. If you wanted to get back into it, you can come right up on the, uh, on this show or do your own. So just keep that in mind, okay, my friend? I'm going to try, but I'm a big couch potato fan. I don't know if I can do my own show when I'm your biggest groupie. <laughs> there you go. All right, my friend. Have a good one over there in Pittsburgh. Good to hear from. Always good to hear from Steel City. We're going to take a quick break as we're going to go into hour number three. We're going to continue up on the talk here on the NFL and uh, get ready for it as we go into hour number three. We'll be right back. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks, amazingly fast. Scooters only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world, and their specialty, the Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooters, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett. Selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not nichadwick.jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. 
the Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. And welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the... Hardest working man in sports radio And later on I'm going to be doing a little work And we got on of course The man the myth himself It is Cuervo here on a Sunday morning As we've been we talked the NBA Had some good talk About AFC North by the way Not really breaking it down But talking about some issues there It's going to be an interesting Division in football but I, I don't expect much from the Browns. So, but the other three teams in that division, each and every year, those games right there, those six games, not counting the ones of the Browns unless something drastic happens, always good football, always good TV. But as we're here on the Sunday morning, I want to talk a little bit really quick about A.J. McCarron before we get out of there, Cuervo. Because if you remember back in 2005, this unfortunate kid had to be put in a, a position where he had to go in and be the quarterback for the Bengals and lost to the Steelers 18-16 to 16 in that game, uh, in the wild card game. Um, but we've talked about it a lot. Do you still got some love for A.J. McCarron and where he could be in his career, Cuervo? Or does he need to get out of, you know, in reality, does he got to get out of Cincinnati and be really looked upon and given the ball to where he can, you know, or should he just stay right there and be the backup uh, there in Cincinnati? I think a little bit of both, Sonny. I mean, I still got a lot of love for McCarron. I said it. I said it the, the day of the draft, and I'm going to continue to say it. I think A.J. McCarron has the potential to be the best quarterback to come out of that draft that year. Um, now, as far as whether he needs to stay in Cincinnati or get out, uh, I would say 
I think if it's it's, it's got to be the right place, right time. Um, he can't just jump into the first opportunity that he gets. I think he's a little too young to do something like that. Um, but I think you know if if a if a good opportunity comes up and it's an opportunity that you know he's got a good supporting cast around him, then I think. I think he would do well. I think he could go in, start right away, and um, really make a difference on a on a young team uh, that's up and coming. Say, I mean, even I'll even give the example. Let's say your Jacksonville Jaguars after this season say, you know what, Nick Bortles just is not. He's not the guy. He's just not the guy. And I'm there already. AJ McCarron. You know, I, I, I know you're there already, but I'm saying. The organization's not there yet. You're you're ahead of them, Sonny. You're one year ahead of them, so uh, maybe even maybe even two. But um, you know, let's just say the organization finally says, you know what, we we've, we've seen enough of like Borles, dude. You're just not you're not the guy. And uh, they go after they start pursuing a quarterback. I think AJ McCarron would be a great fit for a team like your Jacksonville Jaguars. You got young receivers in Allen Robinson. Uh, you got, um, you know, uh, Marquise Lee, you have Hearns, you got all these weapons around. They just drafted Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, you bring him to a team like that. I'm telling you, he can make some noise down there for you, Sonny. Um, I, so, I mean, I would keep your eye out on, a, on, on a, maybe a move like that happening next season where McCarron becomes a Jaguar and becomes a starting quarterback for your Jacksonville Jaguars. I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, something has to happen in Jacksonville. I, I'm still not. I, I'm not. I'm not a lever on my team. You know, and everything was supposed to be the turnaround year last year. I wasn't buying it, and I still haven't seen enough movement in the right direction. In yes, Sonny is going to put it on Blake Bortles. I'm sorry, this is a guy that's got to be able to move forward a little bit faster. If he doesn't get it done this year, gosh, I don't know what it takes for anybody in the front office or the Jacksonville Jaguars to realize, hey, we don't have the right guy here. And I don't know how many games it's going to take, but in a atypical Jacksonville Jaguar, you know, ways, Okay, they're going to lose their first, you know, four games uh, in four out of six games, and they're going to be sitting at two and four yet again, wondering what they got to do to get out of the hole, and, and that's one of the problems with the Jaguars. They can't get out of the gates and win some games immediately to, to build up that confidence throughout the season. So, it, But it has to start, obviously, because that's going to be the guy. I mean, Blake Bortles is going to be the one that – if he's going to be the quarterback for this franchise, at least for the future, it, his future starts now. It starts in training camp. It starts at developing relationships, getting the ball to where it needs to go to. Because sometimes Blake Bortles, one of his biggest problems is delivering the ball for vote, and it's obvious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is obvious, and that's and that's why you know people down there are starting to. Starting to think that maybe he's not the quarterback of that football team. You know, he's not the the, the future for that franchise. So, um, you know, and it's funny because people had the reserve, you know, the other reservations about him coming out of college. I mean, when you, I'm sorry, I mean, I don't care how good it looks. 
when you're when you play for a small school like Central Florida, you what do you what do you really expect out of a guy like that? You don't get you don't get a Derek Carr very often coming out of Fresno State or or I won't even say Carson Wentz yet because he had a good rookie season and that's great, good for him. However, we don't know what he's going to be three years from now. What if he turns out to be a bust? I mean, he went to North Dakota. Like, what competition are you playing at these schools? That's why it's always the, the, the quarterbacks from the big schools always turning out to be the best, you know, uh, in the league because they play against the best competition. There's really not a science to it, Sonny. It's just the way it is. So, you know, when we, we try to try to find these, you know, uh, a diamond in the rough quarterbacks, there's you really, you're not going to get that Joe Flacco. That ain't going to ever happen again. I'm sorry, but he is the, he's going to be, he's going to go down as the best thing to ever come out of the university of Delaware. I'll, I'll just tell you that right now. Um, yeah, it, but at least if you look happen. at Fresno State, it, like you were talking, you're talking Fresno State. At least that's a school that that's all they do is throw the football. So you know, going going in that, in that numbers of where you were talking about, but yeah, lots of other stuff you know that the Jaguars definitely need to do, and I, I just I don't think they even have the coaching staff for it either. So that's one of my problems with my own football team, and I'll put it out there. But I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Dan Hampton. I don't know if you've seen what came out for yeah. your. I mean, Dan Hampton. Listen, yeah. there are not too many guys, okay, that I can sit and listen to and respect, okay, but. Coming from the Bears. But Dan Hampton is one. But he says that the Bears would have won four titles with Jay Cutler if he played back in the 80s. Well, different game, Cuervo. We get back to the fact that it's a different game. And, yeah, maybe he could have, um, you know, with with that Bears. I mean, they had everything back in the 80s, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. They were lacking defensively. Sorry, they were, and I'll I'll say it to my grave. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Jim McMahon, Jay Cutler, Sorry, we already know which one was the better, which one is the better quarterback, and I think you might have been right. Yeah, I, I mean, because if you think about it, Sonny, back then, um, arm strength meant a lot more than it does now. And, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm just, this is just my honest opinion. People fall in love with arm strength nowadays. Let me tell you something, Sonny, that is the least of, that should be the least of your worries when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, being an elite quarterback in this league, okay? Drew Brees doesn't have the best arm, but guess what? Look at, look at the numbers that he puts up, okay? And he has a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, great arm, okay? He, he's got it all. Let's just, let's just throw it out there, all right? But there are times where even Aaron Rodgers will make a mistake here and there or – but his his biggest downfall, he doesn't have the protection that he should have. Okay, um, you know, you look at uh, you look at Brady. Brady's got a pretty good arm, um, but the thing is, he's so accurate and he's so smart that that really outweighs what he lacks in arm strength. Cutler, that's what he's all about. He's he's all strength. He's all arm strength. So in reality, that's what kind of set him apart from some of the other quarterbacks in the league today. 
back then, it, it the game was not as complex as it is now. So the fact that, um, you know, he, uh, you know, doesn't, is not as smart as, as he should be or can't read a defense like he should now. It wasn't like that back then. I mean, you would, it, the, the defenses weren't really that complicated. It was, you know, 4-3, 3-4, basic, you know, your basic defense, and that was it. So, I mean, nobody else was doing the 46 thing back then except for the Bears. And exactly. So, with that said, I mean, it was, it was pretty basic defenses. So, as long as you understood how to read those basic defensive coverages, I mean, you were going to be good in the league. And, and Cutler had the arm to to be a guy in the league back then that you could say back then, well, that's an elite quarterback. We don't think of him that, that way now because of the mistakes that he makes constantly. You know, and that's due to lack of comprehending the defenses that are a lot more complicated now as back then. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I just – just the the complexity now um, is a lot different than it was back then. So that's why I kind of I tend to agree with with what Hampton said. The only thing I would say about Cutler is he probably needs to get a little bit thicker skin if he's going to play for a team like that. Had he played for a team like the '80s Bears, because without question, I mean, for for playing for playing playing for Mike Ditka, you better have thick skin. Definitely. Very far. Listen to this, Cuervo. Last year, because you know one of my favorite stats is yards after the catch. The yakety yak is what it's all about a lot of times. I mean, because you can have some great quarterbacks, okay? But really, once you get the ball to them, is what do they do with the ball afterwards? The team that led the NFL in yak last year was exactly the guy you were just talking about, Drew Brees. Okay? All right. Matt Ryan in second. All right. Third, Matthew Stafford. Fourth, Joe Flacco. Fifth, Philip Rivers. Sixth, Aaron Rodgers. Seventh, I'm going to mention because it, it, it's kind of interesting, uh, Sam Bradford. And then eighth is the number with the quarterback that really, it, it, it should not be this way. Eli Manning with a yak, eighth in the, in the league at only 2031. Okay, that is a full four, almost 400 yards behind Drew Brees. If there's any team in the NFL that should have more yak, it should be the – and I look to the stat a lot because you can tell a lot about a quarterback. Okay, you've got to let your guys make the play. And it goes back to what we were talking about not more than a couple months ago, Cuervo, about getting the ball in stride to an Odell Beckham Jr. Could you imagine if he had the opportunity to actually make plays with his legs more so than his hands? And and with them sitting right there at the eighth position is actually a good indication on really, I think, how bad Eli Manning is. Yes, I mean, and I mean, you can't you can't say that it never happens because I've seen Odell Beckham, you know, bust out seventy five yard slant route for a touchdown. I've seen it. Uh, yeah. Now I think I could count on one hand how many times it happened, and I think mm-hmm. I think with a guy like that, you got to give him more opportunities 
to do those type of plays than than what he got. But I've seen it, and it doesn't surprise me to be honest that he was up that up on that list because I know what your thoughts are on Eli, and that's probably why it surprises you. It needs to be higher, so, I have, think, if it's Eli if he's great. That 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 was my point. At number eight, and I, he should be number three, four, or five minimum. Okay, I thought you meant he should have been lower. All right. Well, no. here's the thing. I, I tell you, this year, I think he could climb up that uh, that list because here's the deal. When you add a guy like Brandon Marshall, you add a guy like Ham, and I'm excited to see what Evan Ingram, the tight end rookie from Ole Miss, brings to this Giants team. Um, I think he could be a guy that could be a top three quarterback with the yards after the catch stat. Um, you know, with those three guys alone, I mean, if you watch, if you watch the tape on Ingram in college, I mean, that guy busted out, you know, plays all the time at Ole Miss. And then obviously we know what Brandon Marshall can do. Um, you know, it's just going to be a matter of, like you always say, can Eli get him the football and give him the opportunities to do that? So I think, I think Eli, this could be the year where he does become a top three quarterback in that stat. It's just, you know, can will he have the accuracy? Will he have the opportunity to get those guys to ball to create plays like that? It should be easy for Eli. Should be easy. You're absolutely right. Hey, and by the way, just to let you know, Drew Brees has been in the top four for the last three years with the Yakety Yak, along with Matthew Stafford. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers kind of floats in and out of the top five, but he's up there. Philip Rivers in 2014 dropped to number eight, but the 2015-2016 uh, right up there in the top five. Uh, there are guys that get it out. And you would think Tom Brady gets the yakety yak. He averages, uh, you know, beyond 10. Uh, back in 2015, he was uh, ranked number four. Uh, so, but take away from that, he is on the outside of 10 in reality. Uh, he had 2,399 uh, back in 2015 um, for New England. But you got guys that make the plays. You got guys that get the ball that can make the plays. And those are the quarterbacks that I look at. And that's why I thought Phillip Rivers was going to have a great season with the Chargers. Who knew that their defense wasn't going to be able to stop a, uh, you know, a fifth grader from running the football. That, that, so when you're seeing these numbers, it's unbelievable. And the, last year, just, just to give you Phillip Rivers, back in 2015, he had 4,794 yards, okay, passing. Out of that, mm-hmm. the yak of the yak was it, – it, it, the yak that he got out of that 4,792 uh, 47, was 2679, Cuervo. Those are – that's the reason why. When I saw those numbers – uh, and I saw the yakety yak on what he could do. There was nothing that was going to say that he couldn't do it yet again. So I expected that's the reason why when I looked at the Chargers last year, I said that was a team you needed to watch out. And not only did he do it, Cuervo, he did it fairly well because Philip Rivers threw for uh, 4,300 yards uh, last year. 21 of them came from the yakety yak. More than half of the pass went to the yak. So, you know, he still had a good year. The defense could have done a lot better for him. But Drew Brees, 
right up there. He's under the 50%. 5,200 yards, 2,400 of them was yakety-yak. Um, Matt Ryan last year, almost 5,000, 2,377 yakety yak. You see where those numbers, but here's the guy I want you to watch out for next year because he had a great season. And you, I wish they would have done better. Matthew Stafford, 4,300 yards uh, of passing, 2,228 of them was yak. And guess what? It wasn't Calvin Johnson getting them the ball. This this Detroit Lions team, if they can figure out a way to stop someone from throwing the ball down the middle, they need help right there in the middle secondary with the safety and the linebacker position a little bit better than they are. If they square that up, you can watch Matthew Stafford have a great season, and that's the guy I'm looking for this season when I look at where that team will go. And you want to talk about doing it with a bunch of nobodies? That's what Matthew Stafford's doing. Yeah, he is. And like I said, you know, throughout the season, Sam, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm shocked, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really surprised at how well he played without a Calvin Johnson. I mean, I really thought that he was going to look lost. He was going to be very indecisive on who he was going to get the ball to just because, you know, he didn't have that go-to receiver that he's used to having. And and on no. top of that, he doesn't throw to the tight ends very much. So, you know, it's like, what do you do if you're Matthew Stafford? I don't really throw to my tight ends. I don't have Megatron anymore. Oh, I do have uh, an aging Anquan Bolden, and I do have a Marvin Jones that we brought in. So mm-hmm. let's see what happens. And, that, you know, and for, for what it's worth, I mean, it worked. You know, I mean, he, he, he had a great season. I'm Again, I'm 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 impressed. I'm surprised at how well he played. Um, and you know, and then so it's you know, sometimes you just never know, Sonny. Sometimes you never know. You sometimes it looks obvious as to what what's going to happen, and then it's not so obvious anymore. So that's some of these things where about Stafford. They had Golden Tate. Okay, I, that was really the only name that you kind of expected to be big, and, of course, Anquan Bolden, okay? But, I mean, these are guys that, you know, they're, they're number twos. Maybe, for all that matters, Golden Tate should be a number three, and arguably, depending on what team Anquan Bolden would be, was a number three. But after that, there is absolutely nobody there. I mean, Eric Ebron is a guy that – you know, he's got the ball this year, which they utilized it a little bit more, thank goodness. Uh, but Janice Billingsley, never heard of him. T.J. Jones, I'll be honest, never heard of him. Uh, but these guys were guys that were getting the ball. Of course, Eric Everton, we, we all know who that guy is. And Clay Harbor, I've heard of. And so, But these are not your everyday guys that you depend upon to, to bring the W to your football team. And especially, you know, the way they were winning games in the fourth quarter, Cuervo, you had guys mm-hmm. step up and step up big. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, it, it, from what it sounds like or what it looks like is that they, uh, you know, they threw to the tight ends a lot more. I mean, Pettigrew seems like an afterthought, but but Ebron is a guy that I mean, he's a he's a you know rare combination of of you know size and hands, and he's got some speed, but 
I mean, he's just a huge. He's like he's like their Jimmy Graham on that team. I mean, you get seven hundred eleven yards for Eric Ebron last year. So I mean, and I think those numbers should go up. They should go up. They they need to go up. I mean, that's a, All right. This is a thousand yard tight end, Sonny. This is a thousand yard tight end every season. He should be a thousand. Only one passing back. touchdown, though. I mean, we get back to the same story. Unfortunately, one passing touchdown for Eric Ebron, and and that's. I mean, that's the only thing. And maybe they just want to get away from the obvious Cuervo. I mean, sometimes I, I, I get it, you know. But, man, 6'4", 253, this guy's a monster, you know, sitting in the end zone. That's what I'm saying, Sonny. I mean, the message to, to teams should not be, all right, well, we're going to try and outsmart you and not throw to the tight end. No, it should be, okay, all right, hey. Stop us. Let's see who you got. Let's see, yeah, stop us. Let's see who you got to match our 6'4 our tight end. Stop us from throwing it up to him for a jump ball. I want to see who you got. And, that, and that's the message that they should be sending, not, well, we're going to avoid throwing to him to outsmart you. And, but the thing is, teams already know that you're not going to throw to him, so they're not going to even cover him. So I think this is the perfect opportunity to say, okay, you know, teams think that we're not going to throw to him. And we're just gonna keep we're just gonna keep feeding him the ball in the red zone. And and before you know it, you know, midway through the season, we're gonna talk about Ebron having, you know, six, seven receiving touchdowns, one of the top tight ends in the league. I mean, he's got that potential, Sonny, but yep. Matthew Stafford Matthew Stafford has to get him the football. Has to. I agree. And it has to be stressed and but you know what, Sonny, at the same time, it has to be stressed to him by who? Mr. Jim Caldwell himself, the head coach. And if he doesn't stress it, then he's not going to do it. You can't, you can't get mad at Matthew Stafford if it's not part of the game plan. Hey, utilize your big guys. Utilize your, your big-time your big you know, target tight end. You know, make him the Jimmy Graham of this football team. Make him mm-hmm. the Tony Gonzalez. Well, I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't go that far, but, you know. Antonio Gates, Julius Thomas. Yes. I mean, these are guys that – that that were fed the football in, in the red zone so much that their stomachs were were about to explode with how full they were of touchdowns. So that needs to be Ebron. He needs to be the same guy. Needs to be the same guy. Interestingly enough, I I, I I'm I'm right there. You got if you you got to beat them at the game. Okay. Going every once in a while, not to the guy. And, and and maybe that's the reason why when you look at what Matthew Stafford has done over his career with Calvin Johnson, you knew the ball was going there. Now he does have a different opportunity to get it to other people. It's just not utilizing the tight end enough, but he does get the ball spread around. That's what he does best. And I expect something from this guy. I, I, Detroit Lions are doing a lot of things and Stafford is part of that. And, it should be interestingly enough to see what's going on. I want to get to a story in the NFL before we're out of here because, uh, you know, I, it, it, it takes a year for it to happen. But when Sonny makes a prediction about something, you know, like I was talking about way before the beginning of the season last year and it comes right around and people are talking about it. Let's head into Seattle because, folks, I talked about it on this show. It was something that was not – 
you know, alien to me because I, I, I recognized it at toward the end of the season before last year. That having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. Sonny Clark is up on top of it yet again and has what's going on. And I got to ask the question is that I can see it. Who else can't see it? What's going on in Seattle? They're trying to debunk Sonny's theory about what's going on up in Seattle with all the uneasiness between those players and, of course, the head coach. And Everybody is jumping on the bandwagon as far as the NFL is concerned and the writers and finally listening to Sonny Clark. I said at the beginning of the season there was something wrong with the relationship between Pete Carroll and his players. And we heard grumblings about it towards the middle of the season, Cuervo, and toward the end and now in the offseason. That's a story. It, it's, it, it's a story that's coming out. And now we got players, guys out there talking about this is not a story. Cliff Avril comes out and says it's quote-unquote fake news, stealing Donald Trump's line. And I'm telling you, it's not fake news, Cuervo. There's a problem in Seattle with the the personnel on the football field and the coaching staff. Now, I'm not going to say it's all Pete Carroll. I'm going to say 85% of it is Pete Carroll. And it is the decisions that is being, are being made by Pete Carroll that is creating the uneasiness to where the players don't trust what's coming from the guy that's steering the ship. And that is a huge problem when you're the Seattle Seahawks. Why is that? Because they're in a division where if the Rams get their heads out of their butts and decide to play football, that could be a tough team to beat. The Arizona Cardinals, they've made some good moves here in this offseason. They're going to be a good football team. They've got two out of the four teams in this division that they are going to have to go and beat. And right now, the relationship between head coach and players, they, it's up in arms right now, Cuervo. And I'm, I'm not going to call a complete blowing up of the ship, but parts of it are happening right before us, right now, where Pete Carroll seems to be alienating certain players, whether that be Beast Mode that's now in Oakland, whether that be any other players that everybody is talking about as far as what the relationship between players and coaches are, Cuervo. And I talked about it at the beginning of the season. It's coming to fruition just the way I thought it was going to happen. What is going on, at least in your opinion, on what you're seeing in Seattle with the head coach of that football team and the players trying to get a – What is Piquero going to have to do to get him to respond to what he's saying? And let's see. Did I lose my man Cuervo? You're on mute, Cuervo. Sorry about that, Sonny. I was I'm moving around doing some cleaning up. But is there is there a specific player that you're referring to? Because I'm not too familiar with the with the story beyond the whole Richard Sherman situation. Well, that's how it started with the Richard Sherman. And I was trying, and what I'm trying to do is seeing exactly what we're talking about as far as this football team is concerned. And you touched on it last week, Cuervo. You touched on it last week. And you made me think all week long about the Seattle Seahawks and the Russell Wilson 
I don't, you want to call it experiment, the Russell and Wilson, ex, you know, bringing them on and you talking about egos like we're talking about Cuervo. There's some bad ego thing going on up in Seattle, and it is distracting this football team from being successful, whether it be exactly what you're talking about, Richard Sherman. Is the focus now mm-hmm. this team is giving on Russell Wilson to be the savior on this football team, more so than you know riding the storm out with the Legion of Boom on the other side? It it looks like that there's been a change in priority on what is important on the football field for the Seattle Seahawks, and that is creating a lot of dismay in the locker room with the coaches and the players. I, I think that's a valid that's a valid uh, statement, Sonny. I mean, you know, the change of priority because you know, let's face it, the difference between Seattle now than it was four years ago. Uh, before they won their Super Bowl and they got to the second straight one, is that they didn't really have quarterback yet. Okay, yeah. even, even the rookie, even in their rookie season when Seattle uh, went to the playoffs and and uh, you know they they didn't quite make it to the, they were a field goal away from the NFC Championship, but they lost to the Falcons if you remember correctly. Yeah, so back then you know Russell Wilson was a rookie quarterback. Didn't know what you were, what what to expect out of him just yet, and then he blows up in the second season, and wins them a Super Bowl. So, um, and then he gets back the following year. So, they really, I mean, what it really comes down to, Sonny, is that yes, there has been a change in priority. You're absolutely right. Um, it's not about the defense anymore. And guess what? People are upset about that. Specifically, they are the the guys like Sherman and and. Uh, you know, but what I find funny about that is that nobody else is really talking except for Sherman. Um, and, and that's why, that's one of the things I do like about Sherman is he's an outspoken guy. Sometimes he does it for the wrong reasons. Uh, but when it comes to something like this, I think this is more about he's defending his fellow defensive teammates in the sense of, hey, look, don't forget what got us that championship. Don't forget what the foundation of this football team was before that quarterback showed up. All right. This, this is what kept it together. So in other words, Hey coach Carroll, don't forget where you came from. And, and I think for a guy like Pete Carroll, it's, it's easy to do that just because of his style. Um, you know, Pete Carroll's type of guy, Sonny, he, I mean, you saw that USC too. He's all, he's all about that new flavor of the month. You know, that's that's the yeah. guy he is. So and, and and that's and that's fine and all and I get you have to continue to evolve as a coach and whatnot. Um, but I think at the same time you have to there has to be some type of loyalty to some of the guys that helped you get to where you are today. All right. And that's and that's a, you know, is a successful NFL head coach. Um because I tell you, he helped. He he did a lot for his boys at USC. He did a lot for those guys. He didn't forget about those guys. But it seems like in the NFL, because it's more business oriented, it's easy to move on from certain individuals and forget about those guys that helped you get that Super Bowl ring. Guys like Sherman, guys like Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Bobby Wagner. You know those guys on that on that Seattle defense. 
it's easy to forget about those guys because now you got you a nice, you know, young quarterback who uh, is, you know, the leader of your team now and can help you get back to the playoffs year after year. So, of course, when, when it comes to having a good quarterback and, you know, a guy that, that says all the right things, does all the right things, and, you know, can be, can be a, uh, a role model for that franchise, can be the face. Because let's face it, they never wanted Richard Sherman to be the face of that franchise. So you know in the back, of, you know, behind closed doors, they're thinking, they're, they're thinking the lucky stars that Russell Wilson became the star that he did because they did not want Sherman to be the face of that franchise. Um, so, and know, that was brought up by Carroll, by the way, though, right, Cuervo? I mean, Cuervo was the one – I mean, uh, Carroll, I mean, obviously, absent the superstar at the quarterback position, what are you going to do to get yourself out there to be seen in the light of being that strong football team is get that face out there. And the only one they really had to turn to at the time was Richard Sherman. And going back to what we were talking about earlier in the show, as far as egos are concerned, Cuervo, that's what exactly is happening up in Seattle right now because of the egos that are in the way, whether it's Sherman. And I'm going to tell you what I think. I don't think it's Russell Wilson that has the ego. I think Russell Wilson just goes along with it. I don't think he plays into it. And the fact that Pete Carroll and Richard Sherman, and to a certain extent other members of the Legion of Doom, don't like the fact that this is going on, the ego of the defense has been bruised and battered because of what Russell Wilson has been able to do with the Super Bowl ring, with doing everything that they had to do to win. Not only that, Playing and keeping his mouth shut. You don't hear these stories coming out of Russell Wilson's mouth, which is the reason why he's the one that has turned into the leader on the offensive side of the football as well as the whole team, Cuervo. And that kind of thing is what's sitting not very well with Richard Sherman and the Legion of Boom. Yeah, well, because like I said, they're not the center of attention anymore. It's it's not. Yep. They're not the uh, they're not the face of that franchise anymore. It's. It's, you know, guys like Wilson, like I said, I mean, um, you know, so, so the paradigm has, sh- has shifted in the sense of, well, what's the identity of the Seattle Seahawks? Well, it's not LOV no more. It's not the defense. It's Russell Wilson and, you know, the quarterback that he has become. So it's, they're, they're, not, they're not in the spotlight anymore. To be honest with you, though, I mean, I, I wouldn't be upset about it. You know, because here's the thing. I, I, I would prefer to have the attention. That way I can just focus on what, what I need to do and my role on the football team. And it's, it's almost to the point where it's like, you know, you, you don't get asked a thousand questions about, well, how come the offense isn't performing where, where they need to be? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't play offense. I play defense. So, you know, it, it, to me, it's one of those things. But at the same time, um, Richard Sherman sometimes asks for the attention because when he makes the comments that he makes, as far mm-hmm. as, you know, the whole, like, throwing at the one versus running at the one. And all, again, like I said, you don't play the, you don't play on the offense, dude. Don't, I would, why are you even talking about it? You know? yeah. I get it. You know, it's, it's a team thing. It's a team sport. Uh, but that's why you have your that's why you have your shiny new toy and Russell Wilson that can answer those questions. 
Without question. And also last year losing Earl Thomas to the injury, I think that it, it makes it makes all this stuff where people are going to still talk about it. Um, now, you know, you lose, hey, most arguably, okay, I'll say arguably because I think if you lose Richard Sherman, you lose a big uh, a big amount on the defensive side of the ball. But losing losing Earl Thomas last year, Cuervo, was the thing that really put the nail in the coffin of this team. That's something that they couldn't recover from. Not because they, I don't think they could. I think they could have played through it, but the fact is, is that the mouth started running and everything else got in the way because of that injury and the gaping hole that could not be filled with just a, you know, it, it, you know, a big cog goes down and you only got so much of a, another cog to go into it didn't get there. So they were left exposed. And then Russell Wilson up on top of it, you know, it, now where he's at as far as his popularity and what his leadership abilities brings to the team is always going to be there. I think the Seattle Seahawks are, they are destined to boom up. And, and I'm going to tell you, Cuervo, it's going to be three quarters of the season. They're going to be fighting for a playoff spot and it's going to blow up there. Mark my words, this Seattle Seahawks uh, team is in a tumultuous area right now that they are not going to, I don't think they're going to be able to get out of Cuervo. Um, yeah, I, to, to me, it just kind of seems like it's uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? It's, they're declining. They're declining yes. as a football team. You know I mean? Without they're question. the other way, obviously. So, obviously. I, mean, I think – right. I think this could be the year where they barely sneak in the playoffs um, as, as like a sixth seed, as a wild card, um, if they even make the playoffs. Um, I'm going to – I right now, today – I would say that they will make it, but boy, is it going to, it's going to be very close to me because if you look at in the NFC as a whole, I mean, the Giants have gotten better. Dallas is going to be a contender. Green Bay is going to be good. Minnesota is probably going to, you know, be right there as well. Uh, so you got, you got the East, you got the North. In the South, you've got Atlanta, obviously. Um, you know, you can never count out the Saints. I mean, they, they, every time you want to count them out, they always wind up having a good season. Okay, and then not or West, at least making a move, you know, to try to make it to the playoffs. Right, right. So, you know, obviously that, and then out west, obviously you've got you got the you know Arizona Cardinals, and then you've got Seattle. So I mean, right there, that's eight teams that I mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. Only six, only six teams can make it, Sonny. So, who are the two that are going to be out? I mean, that, that, yep. that's, that's the thing. And Lord so, forbid another uh, team show up that is not even on that radar. That, that's a possibility, too. That is a very strong possibility. I mean, you know, we didn't even, we didn't even mention, uh, you, know, the, um, you know, the Redskins. If they keep Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, maybe, maybe what they still have there could be enough for them to, to sneak in. The Eagles could be better. Um, you know, I didn't mention Detroit, who actually did make the playoffs last year. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, there's, there's, the possibilities are, are they're, you know, it's very wide in the NFC. So, the fact that Seattle has, has made the playoffs for the last four years, Sonny, they can't take that for granted. 
and they they have to understand that you know that a playoff spot's not going to be given to them this year. Uh, so I agree. Like you said, they're 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 on thin ice as far as becoming a playoff team again. So they have to make sure that you know they they win they win the games that they're supposed to. Obviously, it starts in the division. You can't let off the gas if you're playing if you're playing the Rams or if you're playing the 49ers. You have to go in there and you know beat the snot out of those teams like you yeah. should be. So, you know, win the division and, and you get in. It's, it's really that simple. It, very simple is right. I want to get into the final thing that we're going to talk about. I probably should have brought this up a little bit ago, but I, I love talking Seattle uh, Seahawks football. Guys in the news right now, Claire, vote for all the wrong reasons at the quarterback position. You don't need to be putting yourself in a position where you've already alienated the country by not standing during the national anthem. But this guy just won't get out of his own way. I'm talking about Colin Kaepernick and Cuervo. I'm just, I, I'm just amazed at a guy that is so disinterested in his own career. Now, if this guy wants to walk away and become an advocate about something, I'm all for it, Cuervo. In fact, he might be better at that, per se, more so than he is in a, as a football player, of course, talking about Colin Kaepernick. Cuervo, you know, I think when you're talking NFL and you're talking these type of players, you're talking about the elite of the elite that is of the elite because it's the quarterback position. It's not the other positions that are out on the football field, but it's even more when you're talking about the quarterback position as far as elite. Now, obviously, Colin Kaepernick hasn't been elite in, in, you know, for a long time. Some people would question whether or not he even hit that level at all in the first place. I say yes. Some people I know would say no. But Cuervo, this is a guy that's putting – he is alienating himself by the statements that he makes. And sometimes I wonder about a young man that has his mind set on what he is thinking. And sometimes when you're young, what you're thinking will overtake what you do. And in this case, what he is thinking about, whether it be whether he's talking about race or injustices and things of that sort, I think it's overtaking him so much that his mind isn't on football. And I'm not necessarily Cuervo saying that that's a bad thing, but in the NFL, there's no question that's a bad thing because of what it is the elite of the elite of the elite because he's a quarterback. So when you don't look, act, or show that you have a passion for what you're making the millions of dollars doing, you're going to be looked upon as something that you may or may not be. So when I say Colin Kaepernick, I say make a – I'm saying make the choice and let people know. Are you a football player? Are you an advocate? Or are you both? And if you're both, don't expect anybody to look at you as that next guy that can be a guy that can lead your team to the Super Bowl. And we're on mute again. Yeah, about that thing. There's nothing wrong with expressing your opinion about certain things. I mean, if you go back Absolutely. And- 
in the history of, you know, professional athletes that took a stand on something or they expressed their opinion on something, or, you know, um, you know, if you look at some of the greats, you know, Muhammad Ali was obviously a huge one. Um, mm-hmm. have, uh, you know, the, the people in the Olympics that, uh, that, you know, with the, uh, with the Black Panther symbol that they threw up, uh, mm-hmm. and they received their medals and stuff like that. So there has been moments like that and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I'm all for it. I'm all for, you know, doing and saying other things because if you live, breathe, eat, sleep, uh, whatever sport you're playing, you're going to eventually burn yourself out. Here's my issue. Yes, exactly. This is my issue, though, Sonny. It's all talk. Okay? That's all Colin Kaepernick is doing is talking. If you really want to make a difference, go out and be active. Do something. Stop sitting behind the cameras and the micro and, and I almost said microwaves, microphones and, and you know, taking interviews and all that stuff. Because what difference are you making when all you're doing is, is talking about certain things? I could sit here all day and talk about how I could be the greatest president of all time in, in US history. But if all I do is sit back and talk about it on this show, what difference am I making? This, yeah, it's, it's it's you're not doing anything, Sonny. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it's well, I hear what you're saying, but it. he's. I think he's doing something, Cuervo. He's right now over in Ghana, okay, doing what he's okay. doing, and, and I love that. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna praise the guy. There's not too many guys doing it, you know. And, and, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't. Don't get me wrong, okay. But you talked about the guys that made the difference. And what was the difference on those? Is you got to be, you know, and I hate to say it, and it shouldn't be this way, but I said it when he was not making the stand, when he wasn't standing for it. You got to be somebody that someone can look at and listen to you and really listen to you. And the main thing is take them seriously. And unfortunately, The way that he went about this Cuervo last year puts it to where what he is doing right now over in Ghana is great. But it's being overshadowed by what he did by that standing. And then he starts going off and starts talking about his his life that has not been, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. They talk about everything as far as you know, you know, having the um, you know the the advantages and everything else. Out of all the people that have had the advantages and the fact that he feels, and, and I'm going to say feel because I'm not going to deny the guy the feelings, but I think he's got some misguided ideas on feelings that he has. We're talking about a guy that has got millions and millions of dollars, and I get it and I understand it, but for him to be the victim, more so than, you know, just anybody else, it, it takes, it, it kind of, you look at it and you go, is this guy serious? Is this guy really talking about his, you know, 
disadvantages in life. This guy's a football player. He's making millions of dollars. Now, I might be, I might be driven away from the point, Cuervo, and, and, and that's easy to do with me. But when I look at Colin Kaepernick and I look at disadvantage, I don't see it as a football player since he's making all the millions. I might have seen him when he was younger and his background he sets it up for it, but you you got to take that time from where it was when you were younger before you started making all these millions of dollars. You know, it, you can't look at yourself as being denied of services or things where you're at. You're Colin Kaepernick. You were playing in the Super Bowl for crying out loud. For you to call yourself you know, now, and he's doing it now, Cuervo, as he's, he's being, you know, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it from him, Cuervo. You know, somebody else, no. I can see it, but not from him. No. I mean, what, what, what's so bad about his life? You know, why? Because he's, because he's a black man that, that, that has to deal with, uh, you know, whatever problems he thinks he has to deal with, like, is that is that what it's about? Is it because of the, the color of the skin? Is that why? Is that what he thinks the the, the issue is? Because well, let me tell you, there's there's a I mean, there's a lot of guys, a lot of people, that, same skin tone as him, that that don't uh, have the same opinions that he has. They, they're they're doing more with less. Just put it that way. They're doing more. Yeah, with good less. point, Cuervo. Good point. So, I mean, what, what is it that he's – I'm curious. What, what does he feel like is so bad in his life right now? Does he feel like he's not making enough money? Does he not feel like he's, that he's uh, 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 you know, getting the attention that he should be getting? Does he feel like uh, there's not enough change in this world? I mean, right. what is it that he thinks is so bad in his life? Because those are the type of guys, Sonny, that – it's like I mentioned earlier uh, with, with the Seattle Seahawks situation. It's easy to forget where, where you come from and what you've gone through to get where you are when you have the money and you have the fame and you have the success. And yet it's easy to forget about well, what got you there. And, and, and that, comes, that comes back to being humble. I don't think Colin Kaepernick's a very humble guy. I think he's a guy that takes things for granted, and um, he's going to – I'm sorry to say it. Uh, maybe this is judgmental. I think he's going to be one of those guys, Sonny, that, that uh, once he's done playing in the league, he's going to have nothing to show for it. Nothing. Absolutely nothing to show for it. Well, I All hope the not. Millions Qu- of Qu- Qu- I hope not, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. If he gets some people that can educate him a little bit better than he is, and that's and because I think Colin Kaepernick could use his status to do a lot of good at what he's doing right now, Cuervo. I really do. I think, and I can't even believe I'm saying this, but I think Colin Kaepernick can be a guy that makes people's heads turned. If he was more educated about certain things and what he perceives to be a problem in the United States, and there's no question there is problems here in the United States, but you've got to be able to start talking about it. And he can't put himself in that position for the last six years of his life. 
where he's talking about he's uh, you know underprivileged. If for the last six years of life, this guy's living the high life, okay? And, and if he, you know, he, he feels it. Maybe, like I said, maybe before he went to college and everything else, I'm getting that, and I can live with that. I think he should be great at what he's doing, but he needs to be more educated to take that step in order to be a guy that you can look at. Look at Muhammad Ali. When he was talking about what he was doing, he did it very intelligently. You look at Malcolm X, this guy, they did it very intelligently. When you look at at Martin Luther King, very intelligently, they knew what was going on. They knew, knew, in other words, if you're going to run for political office, you better know what the political office is all about that you're running for. And that's what, when Mm -hmm. I look at Colin Kaepernick, he doesn't know the facts. He doesn't know, and he... In a situation where he can be look good and, and do the right thing and create a buzz about something, he's got to be more educated in order to do it. Get the help in order to do it. And then I say, pick it. I would love to see this guy do exactly what he's doing, Cuervo, being an activist, getting out there and getting it out there. I would love to do it. I would love to see him smarter. And this goes back to the fact that this guy's supposedly college educated, and this guy is dumb as a rock. And that's one of those things where you look at where what he is doing, Cuervo, and it's got a lot of greatness involved with it. But the way that he's doing it, how he's doing it, and how he's presenting it is the reason why Americans get turned off. If you're going to talk like a professional about the, especially race and things of that sort, you need to be intelligent on this situation and not just wing it. And he he thinks Wayne is going to get the job done, and not only that, get respect. And when you're Wayne, you don't know the facts. You're not going to get that respect from the American people. No, you're not. You're not. And because because really, what what it comes down to is you you can't explain what your purpose is. You know, people exactly. see you running around and, and 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 doing and trying to make a difference. But when somebody sits back and asks, so, so Colin, what's, what's your purpose? What, what goals do you, are you trying to achieve? Well, I want to, uh, you know, I want to, uh, you know, awareness, racism, awareness, and, you know, whatever answer he would give. And it, it would just be way off of what he's actually doing. So to me, I mean, I just kind of think that, uh, you know, he really reevaluate what his purpose is because right now. His goals. I think. I think. Yeah. What? What? What are the true goals? What is your end state? Okay. The end state is whatever it is, and you know, and from there, kind of reevaluate because, like you said, I mean, it's just kind of like he's just out there, but. What's he really doing? Like you said, I mean, some, exactly. of, the, some of the most some of the most powerful activists of of in in the history had an end state. What is his end state? I don't even think he knows the answer to that question. He's just I agree going with you. out there. He's just going out there so people can say, "Hey, look, there's Colin Kaepernick making a difference." What kind of difference are you making? What? What's he doing in Ghana? Like, is he out there feeding children? Like, what is it exactly that he's doing? If he's just out there to try and talk to people and, and, and that's it, what, what, what did you accomplish? 
like, I'd be interested to know. I'm probably going to look it up as soon as we're done. What is he doing out there? What is he trying to? Is he trying to send a message? Is he trying to raise awareness for a certain thing? Like, what is it? What is the? What is the end state for his trip out there? What does he plan to accomplish? Exactly, like you said. I, so, it, me, well, I, I, I can it. tell you a little bit. I can tell you a little bit. He wanted to get in connection with his roots, and evidently that's where his heritage is from over in Ghana, and that's great. Um, and and, learn, and learning the culture and everything, what's going on, because it is a, it's a deprived area. You want to? I mean, you, you, it's just unbelievable. And, and I get, and I'm glad. And I go back. I'm going to say it. I'm glad he's there, Cuervo. I think it's great. But then he comes out and, and he says. And this is a quote from him, okay? How can we truly celebrate independence on a day that intentionally robbed our ancestors of theirs? Okay, and here, and now, I, I'm, there's a lot of things that happen within the history of our country and of countries all over the place. There's always going to be that, that, uh, thing that you want to keep in the closet that would be slavery, that would be racism that the United States has. You know, you want to keep that in the closet. You want to forget about everybody they mold over in order to get where they are. Okay, there's no question. You want to deny the bad and remember the good, and uh, and what he put out. But it's the way that he said it is the re- and we go back to being educated about what he's doing. And, and what he's doing and what the purpose is. Because when he set, makes a statement like that, it will come off to Americans, especially Americans that have lost people in wars in order to give them the freedom of speech, speech that he has, which is great. And I'm glad he does it. But he's, he is creating himself a situation where American people are going to not embrace what he says because of the intelligence behind it, but they're going to turn their backs on it because of the, the stupidity, the ignorance of what he said. And, and, if, and when he can get that straight Cuervo, you're going to hear Sonny Clark on this show going, what Colin Kaepernick is doing is great for our country. But until he gets it to that point, it, you know, he's going to always put his foot in his mouth and, and make statements like that that are going to irritate other people. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, is it really about – you know, getting people to see that. Well, okay. Let me see. Let me see if I could put it, this into any type of terms that makes sense. So what you're telling me, Sonny, is that he went to Ghana, right? To go mm-hmm. trace, trace his personal history, his roots. Yeah. he comes from. Right. Yet, Yet he is talking about Independence Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't don't walk right into exactly what I'm thinking. I I mean, can you imagine? I mean, yeah, it, 
his independence is the reason why he is able to do what he is doing, which is wonderful, but yet bash how it happened. You know, it, it, the hypocrisy of what he is, Satan, is what's kind of making the American. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he means what it sounds like, Cuervo, because the way that he's making it sound like it is, is that he doesn't have independence. He doesn't, you know, you know, he is a... Uh, a person who is, uh, I guess, a slave to the, with lack of better terms, the the the, the white guy, the white man holding him down, and and I, I'm I'm missing, I am really missing it, and I'm yeah, I, and I, I, I hope I, I, I hope I can learn what he's really trying to say, Cuervo, because the statement, the way that he made it, it just sounds horrible, and I just wonder if he really meant what he said. I think what he's trying to say is that we're all hypocrites for celebrating something like stealing somebody else's uh, uh, land and, and their country and their opportunity to be independent away from someone else, and now we celebrate it every year. Well, you know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, none of us were, the, none of us were there when it happened, so all we know is, is what the history books tell us. Right, you know, and, and and so all I know is that something, you know, the, the Declaration of Independence was was made, and you know, America becomes America. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm missing something there. I don't know, but um, but that's the way I've learned it. Yeah, Unless and, you were there, it, there's probably not much we can speak about it. Exactly, and but I, and one of the things that you know, I I don't know, and, and I, this is the part of the political part of this that I don't understand. Uh, but you know what's holding them back, and and I don't necessarily know what's holding them back. But the way that he's making the statement, Cuervo, sure sounds like it's the United States' fault. And that, and I don't necessarily think that that's what the situation is in reality. If I really go and look it up, but you know, you know, for people and especially in the United States who are big up on patriotic and being are being patriotic and are patriotic uh, to make a statement kind of like that, you know, yeah, in every greatness that goes on there's usually a victim of that greatness and sometimes that has to happen, but more in the fact that I think the way he's kind of coming across is we're the ones still keeping them down and I'm just missing that part of it on what he's bringing. And I, like I said, I wish I was more educated up on it, but I, I you know, he's in Colin Kaepernick just has a way of rubbing people the wrong way. Now that could be good or bad depending on what it is, but when it comes from a guy who's made the millions of dollars that he has, it, it kind of, that's where people look at it and ask the question, is this guy really serious or not? And, and so people to question either his motives, his well, intelligence, it, 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 it's rightfully yeah. so. Well, i tell you what then, Sonny. If, if he feels like it's so wrong to celebrate be, you know, being – yeah, Independence Day basically being an American, then um, I think if he really wants to do the right thing, I'll tell you what, 
why don't you give all your money back, every penny that you've made in the NFL, give it all back because because it's it's bad money, I guess, right? Because it's from the Americans. You would think. The way he's like talking, it sounds like it's bad money. Yeah. So okay, then give it back. <laughs> give it back. Give it all. I knew. Back. I. I, I knew I wasn't the only one thinking that, Cuervo. I knew I wasn't the only one. So I mean, if you feel so guilty about about living in this country, and you you sir have lived the American dream, let's be real here. Okay. You yeah. play a sport. Big time. You play a you play a sport and make millions of dollars doing it. Okay, there's people that bust their butt every single day, whether it's, you know, construction or coal mining or, you know, those those jobs that take a toll on your body that make that make maybe a quarter of what you make in your life. And you you sit here and you talk about how hypocritical it is to celebrate Independence Day, dude. You should be on your knees thanking God every day that, this, you know, that the country is the way it is now in the sense of you have the opportunity to make that type of money, okay? Yeah, it's, it's, I'll be the first one to say it, and I, and I serve this country. It's, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. We have our flaws nope. in, in, in this country, but let me tell you, there's people to this day, Sonny, that would still give they'd give their right arm to to get to see have the opportunity to live the life that a lot of us do live. I mean I'm sitting here drinking yeah. coffee right now, uh on a day off from work. And you know, a lot of people don't get a day off from work in other countries. They have to work every yep. day just to just to just to make a living. I mean I'm like yep. I said, I'm sitting here enjoying a day off drinking coffee at eleven in the morning. So in reality, even even me, somebody that that wears the uniform every day, I still think my lucky stars that I am where I am, you know, and I'm not from a place that is less fortunate. So, or, or um, how about my, this? My, a place that, or a place that wouldn't give him the opportunity to speak it. You know what I'm saying, Cuervo? Yeah. There are plenty of countries where this guy would have would have been assassinated well, by even opening his mouth to create well, criticism against you know their own country. Well, yeah, I mean, look at look at the way Cuba lived for you know 70 years until yeah. recent, until recent mm-hmm. memory, you know, I mean, what? How long ago did Fidel die? Uh, three months ago? Four months ago? Yep. So. You know, think about it. You're talking about 60 years, 70 years of of not being able to speak your mind about certain things. Uh, it happened in Iraq. It happened in Cuba. All these countries that had those dictator type of leaders. Here, you got a guy that that used to that you know was a billionaire, a businessman who runs the country. He ain't no type of dictator. He's not. He's not shooting people in the back of their head because he, you know, they don't like him. I mean, God, half the country would be dead if that was the case. True. Yeah. So I, I, I really, think- I really don't. I hope the guy educates himself a little bit more, and and it, because you know, I think something good could come from it. Quite well, I really do. You know, I don't, I don't question. I don't think I question Colin Kaepernick's motives. 
matter of fact, I, I, I don't not think I don't think that at all. I'm not even thinking that as we speak. Um, I'm not going to question his motives, but I, I think at some point, if you're Colin Kaepernick, you've got to. I think you've got to. I think he has put himself in a in a position, Cuervo, where he's going to decide what he's going to do. He's either a going to do what he's doing now, or he's going to be a hypocrite of what he's talking about or what he's trying to do. And I think that's my point on him. Uh, you know, he's going to come back and play in the NFL. Well, he's only going to be a hypocrite of what he's trying to preach. And you know, they always say practice what you preach. I get it and I understand it, but at the same, it, you know. What he's going to do with it, I don't know. Give it back, I don't know. Give it to give it to Ganya, I don't know. But it, you know, I, I hope I hope he can do good at this Cuervo because I I honestly think I believe this guy could do well at what he's doing. I, I think in because of what he used to do, without question, no one would know who Colin Kaepernick is if he didn't play play football. So taking the advantage of who he is but let's just do it in a way that where it can be effective because the way he is doing it, Cuervo, it's not effective at all, and it's not being heard. In fact, it, it, it's looked up as a laughing stock. Oh, it's, it's being heard, Sonny. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, coming with, it's coming with a price, too. You know, a lot of That's, criticism. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's very few people, I'll tell you right now, there's very few people that support what he says and does and, you know, but those are the same people that are, you know, probably just as uneducated as he is and just yep. as hypocritical about the whole thing as Colin Kaepernick himself is. You know, it's, it's definitely, it's, you know, I, I you know, it, the whole sitting for the anthem and, and all that, it's, uh, I, I, I don't think it's, for some people it's the right message. But it's, he's going about it the wrong way. This whole mm-hmm. thing, this whole thing is, is is really he's just going about it the wrong way. Um, yeah. So really, I mean, because I, to be honest, like the whole sitting for the national anthem, like what was the message behind that? You don't like the you don't like the new president? Is that what it is? Um, again, a lot of people don't like it, but they still. They still go to work. They still have to find a way to make their living. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like, or go to work for three I, hours on a Sunday and, and make enough money to pay for meds for your kids. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, to me, I just, it's, it's easy. It's easy, especially with the opportunities we have here in the United States. It's easy to complain about how much it sucks. But go to a country that, I mean, you know, you're you're fighting for you're fighting for a piece of bread, Sonny. Right. Let's 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 be realistic with this. Yep. You're fighting for a piece of bread every day. You're fighting for a cup of water. You're fighting to be able to take a bath. I mean, when when was the last time you heard anybody complain about? Oh man. I sure wish I could take a shower today, but yet you have yes. a bathroom that works just fine. You know, it's, to me, I, I yeah. don't know. It's, it's easy to take the little things for granted um, until you're put in a situation where you don't have all those things that you normally have. It's it's just it's it's a culture that you it's grow up in the exactly. 
Yes. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. You go, you go to other countries and you ask, what do you think about Americans? I'm telling you, Sonny, nine times out of ten, they're spoiled. They're, they're snob, like they're snobby. Like, you know, and that's, that's the opinion in the outside world that people have of Americans is that, is that we're ungrateful, we're spoiled. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, you know, basically it's like they envy what the United States has because of how rich this country is. I mean, people get, yes. crazy. like I said, uh, you know, you got, you got these guys playing basketball, making 200 million bucks. Some people don't even make 1 million in their life. And these guys are making 200 million in four years. Just dribble yeah. basketball around. Exactly. Like, yeah, I get it. You got, you got to stay in shape and it's hard work. Uh, okay, well, but you're not, you know, it, it, it's if you retire tomorrow, you could you still live your life very, very comfortable with the money that you've already made. So don't sit here and act like you need that money or else, or else your life is going to be miserable. I'll ask you one more question, then I got to go. Do you think the fact, you think the whole problem here is, is that Colin Kaepernick has played in the NFL more so than, I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a one that tend to believe that. Um, but is it, a, I mean, I, I, I think, is that the problem that he played in the NFL? I mean, is, is it, the, the message that he's trying to send about, you know, you know despair and everything else and, and uh, things being, you know, bad. And all, it, 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 is it because he played in the NFL? Is it because of the money that he's made? Is that, I mean, to me, it seems like, and, and I hate to say no one should do it, uh, but the fact that he played in the NFL has got to rub people the wrong way. I know it sometimes it does me. This guy talking about, you know, despair and depravity and all this other stuff, yet this guy played in the NFL. I mean, obviously the message well, would have heard, been heard better by, by somebody else, I think. And that's well, no fault think, of his own player, though, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I think, I think he's using his fame as a, you know, uh, to his advantage. Uh, because, like you said, I mean, had he not made it to the league, um, I mean, obviously we would we would eventually figure out and find out who he is and where he came from and stuff like that. But I think the fact that, like you said, he made it to the league, I think he's using that to his advantage to uh, to be able to do these things that he's doing, say the things that he's saying. Um, so the fact that he made it to the NFL, um, yeah, I think he's using he's using it to his advantage, absolutely, because people know who he is, and in his mind, well, I'm going to use my fame uh, to to send out a message, and maybe people will listen to me. But the thing that right. he failed to realize and remember is that. You know, he's he's a guy that before that he was not known for being a, a, a an activist or whatever. So it just kind of like came out of nowhere, and people are like, "Whoa, right. what's this all about?" Exactly. Whoa, look it, at this dude. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Now, but when you see other guys that have done it throughout the past, 
Um, you know, guys like and, – and, and, and as, as much of a LeBron fan as I'm not, Sonny, um, you know, he's – throughout the years, he's, he's been known to do things like, you know, uh, uh, send kids to college, okay, give them money for college yeah. and stuff like that, and, and, and donate to the Boys and Girls Club. Um, and then that the I think it was two years ago, or it might have been last year, when that him and Carmelo and Chris Paul went on the stage at the ESPYS, and they and they sent that message out about you know about the, uh, the the cop killing and all the racism that's going on and stuff like that. We kind of expected it because we know LeBron is a guy that goes out there and he does things in the community, and he and he and he's uh, known as a guy that that makes a difference here and there. And he doesn't parade about it. You know, right. he, he just goes out there. He does what he feels right. And that what he wants to do and his heart is, is the right thing. And he does it. So, so when he is out there, you know, talking, it's like people will listen because we, they know that he's known for, for being a person that, that does these, these difference making contribution so it's a little bit different now some people argue well you know people don't want to listen to him because he's not the popular athlete like if it was Tom Brady then it would be different or if it was Cam Newton then it'd be different I think Cam Newton's a great example what if this was Cam Newton up there and taking a knee uh, for the national anthem or you know uh, uh, saying the things that he's saying how would we react to that because Cam Newton is a star in this league Colin Kaepernick yeah. is just, you know, he's just another guy. He's just another quarterback. He's not, he's not considered, you know, a top, uh, you know, one of the stars in the league. So what if one of the stars did it? Like, would it be different? Would we be thinking different? Would we, our opinions be different about the situation? I think that's a fair argument. It's a fair question. And, and maybe, yeah, the, maybe because you look at the history, Cuervo. Cuervo, look at the history. Okay, this guy gets the starting job. Okay, okay, why? Because of the biggest rule break in the NFL as far as players are concerned. You don't lose your job to injury. Okay, all right. Now, that been the case, Colin Kaepernick coming back and talking about what he talks about, and they brought Alex Smith back and made Smith the starter. You know, I mean, Alex Smith is probably the whitest guy on, you know, I mean, out there. I mean, geez. All right, so you got, Alex, you got Alex Smith. No, he overcame that, and not only that, kept his job. They traded away the thing that was holding them back. So, you know, in that, and that's where you kind of look at it, you know, where, where he talks about how he talks about it. I, I mean, it, if there was some logistics of what he is talking about, what he has gone through, that you can sit and listen to him and go, yeah, you know what, Colin, you're right. That did happen to you. No, I mean, I mean, the 49ers, they should have brought Alex Smith back by all counts. I mean, if you go by, in, you know, you know, football rules, you don't lose your job, your starting job because of injury. And, you know, but no, Alex Smith, not only that, doesn't get a starting job. He's shipped out of town, and Alex Smith is the man. So, yeah, you know, it, it, that's just kind of the kind of different ways that I've been looking at it. Maybe good in, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. I don't know. But um, I think actually, actually, 
you know, you, you're talking about some guys, there's like some guys out there making, making millions of money, millions of dollars. I mean, you can talk about Mike Lennon. Okay. On the football field, you know, Colin Kaepernick, he's better than Glennon. Sorry, he is. He's better than McCown. $6 million contract with the Jets, I think. Something like that. Six, seven million bucks. Geno Smith even got a million and a half. He's better than that. So, you know, I, 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 you know and sooner or later, he's going to have to make a decision on what he's going to do. Because here's one thing that doesn't work, Cuervo. If you're not dedicated to your craft in the NFL, you're not an NFL player. No, you're just you're just a guy that wears the uniform. I mean, yeah. there's a difference between a football player and a guy that plays football. Yeah, good point. point. You know, it I mean, makes it, perfect sense. Do you get Do you get what I'm saying? Like, there's a difference yes. between a guy that just plays football and a football player. So, mm-hmm. to me, right now, I'm sorry, Colin Kaepernick's just another guy that plays football, and he plays football, and, and obviously, you know. Yep. I mean, that's, that's kind of a big deal. You need, you know, quarterback is very important. But to me, he's just another guy that just plays the position. He's he's yeah. not a true to me. He's not the example of what a quarterback should be. Because, like you said, right now his focus should be on training camp. To uh, training camp, right? He had he had from what January through July. He had six months. If he wanted to know his family's history and he wanted to know, uh, you know, uh, where he comes from and, and, and all that stuff, and he had six months to do that. He chooses now to do that. So it's like it goes back to what you said, you know, what is the priority? Where's the priorities at? Exactly. So, and that, and that's what yeah. owners and, and coaches are looking at when they're going to decide who's going to be the Final 41. You know what I'm saying, Cuervo? You, you got you got to look at that, you know, on that side. Are you going to waste the spot? And really, when you talk Colin Kaepernick, he's putting out there as far as NFL is concerned, okay, that's what people are thinking about Colin Kaepernick, wasted spot. Because his he, 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 how many people would give their left nut to be in his position to make the money that he's being able to make? So, you know, you know his, his passion, his drive, his commitment are all being questioned right now, Cuervo, and rightfully so, because in the world of business of football, it's about winning. It's not about activism. And, and with all due respect to Colin Kaepernick, you know, you almost got to, if you're a football player, you got to be one or the other. And if you are both, you got to be able to put it in a priority at that time. Like you said, from, from January until, until July and maybe mid June, uh, put that priority and work on that. But when it's time for football, you know, that's what NFL GMs, coaches, and guys that make the decision. Are you dedicated to help our product win? And if you're not and your minds are other where or you're doing other things and not making this a priority, you're not gonna be on our football mm-hmm. team. And Colin Kaepernick is gonna look at it is, is the fact that he's being held back. And that's gonna be the wrong message for this young man as well. And it's gonna send the wrong message to people who are trying to be NFL players. You know, it, it'll show you if you don't have a dedication, you should still be heard. You should still get the starting quarterback. You should get this. You should get that. And that kind of thinking, and that's so un-American as well, Cuervo. You know, it, you know, you get what you, you, you deserve to get, 
what you 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 work for, and that's what this country has always been built on, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you might be right, Tony. I think you're I think you're a little bit accurate on that. So I mean. You know, the, the priorities aren't quite there right now, Sonny, uh, for him. Yes, they're not. It is. Uh, well, and my man, I got to go okay. No, the only thing I was no. ask, the very, very last thing I was going to say is, you know, how, how does this make the organization of the San Francisco 49ers look, too, when their supposed starting quarterback is uh, not around right now? And he's not focused on the season. That's why the, the franchise has gone into, you know, gone to uh, pieces. You know, it's, it's gone right. into, it's a load of crap right now because you have things like this happening where guys aren't dedicated to the team and dedicated to the game. You have, you got a bunch of guys that play football on that team, not football players. So. It's, it's, it, it, I, I'm, I'm so with you, and that's the best way of putting that. I, I, I don't think I could have found the proper words. You, you said perfectly. So it will be interesting to see what ends up happening. Will Colin Kaepernick get a job in the NFL? We don't know. That's always going to be a question as well. We're in overtime. If you're listening to this portion of it, uh, we do have to go because Sonny is, has a commitment to take care of. So we'll talk to you. We'll do this again next week, Cuervo. Uh, well, Sonny, actually, I will not be available as I'm going to be flying across country next Sunday. Um, but um, the Sunday after that, I'll definitely be here, uh, available. Definitely. Then we will, but we will still be up on there because I'll go ahead and I will just, you know, talk about whatever we're going to be doing here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, continuing the Sunday tradition that is the Couch Potato Sports Show. And that being said, hope everybody has a good Sunday. We will talk to you next week, everybody. Cuervo, have safe safe travels. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. All right. Sounds good, Sonny. Have a good one. You bet, everybody. We're out here. Bye-bye.